Ashley. I was just cooking chicken and I stepped away. Now the chicken appears to be gone. Do you know what happened? No, I don't. But I might have an idea. <coughs> Coda, did you steal the chicken? Oh, me? I am innocent. I would never touch chicken. Hmm. Judgment time! What the fuck? Hmm, guilty. Coda, you know what that means. No! That's right. It's Corporal Cuddle time. Coda, he's a stinky boy. I'm not a stinky boy! Von Tom Tucker Sid. And I'm Mangy Carl Mangerson Ashley. And this is Rangers Plane, where Sid, lifelong Power Rangers fan, takes Ashley, Power Rangers newbie, through the world of Power Rangers. And this month, we have a beloved fan favorite, Power Rangers SPD. What is Power Rangers SPD, you ask? Well, in the far off future of 2025, humans and aliens mostly coexist in peace on Earth. For those who are looking to destroy that peace, however, there is an elite force of Power Rangers protecting the streets. This is Space Patrol Delta. What the fuck was that? However, with the SPD A Squad going missing, the B Squad is promoted to protect the city in the meantime, adding two former thieves, Jack Landers and Z Delgado, to the mix. With Emperor Grum hanging out in orbit, threatening to destroy Earth, it's up to this ragtag squad to protect New Tech City and all of humanity. So yeah, this is an interesting season to kind of go over and watch. Um, you specifically noted that there was kind of a fresh production team that was brought on board uh, for Disney. Uh, yeah, so essentially, um, quote me on the details, but like, Doug and Anne left. Those were the executive producers of the last two seasons. Uh And Disney brought in just someone completely fresh-faced to Power Rangers, uh, Bruce Kalish, to be the executive producer, Uh essentially showrunner. And, uh, yeah, there's a a bit of, like, I don't want to say, like, a power shift, but definitely, like, a shift in production. Right. So here's this kind of fresh eyes looking at Power Rangers. Uh Um, So we're going to kind of... I guess see a little bit of a shift going on on uh, for the next few seasons. Mm-hmm. Some people liked it, and some people really hated it. Yeah, I mean, that seems like Power Rangers in general, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Power Rangers as fans in general, it's like, this is new, we fucking hate it! Right, um... And, yeah, yeah, as we noted with this particular season, this season is more character-driven and more episodic. Um, so I guess it would be similar to, uh something like lightspeed rescue in that regard yeah um also i something i realized about the season is that it's kind of a more dramatic season it has less of the overt goofiness that we saw from uh ninja storm and dino thunder but like it had the right amount of drama i would believe for power rangers at least power rangers that's more aimed towards children 
So, like, you know, don't, you know, come at me as being like, well, what about the comics? What about the movie? Like, the 2017 movie? I'm like, yeah, no, those were dramatic for their target audiences. And this one's target audience is still primarily children. So I feel like it was the right amount of dramatic for that. Yeah, just just enough that, that a, like, a kid can feel, like, uh, suspense or something where, you know, an older person's like, oh, they're gonna be okay. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this is definitely, uh, was a more, uh, episodic, character-driven, dramatic series. Uh, something we kind of noted, um, a little bit, I, I think kind of watching it, it's like, huh, like, there, it almost, like, the, like, the end kind of had a, which we'll go into more later, like, the end kind of felt like just shunted together, putting all those episodic things together, mm-hmm. um, in a sense, but, uh, yeah. Kind of, you could just put on, I, I think, like a random episode of SPD, and you'll be fine. Right. Um. The definitely one of the things that I've noted, and we've noted through going through the Disney years, is how much better the action has gotten, and this R- one's a pretty good action season. Yeah, I would say bringing up again the comparison to Lightspeed Rescue, and this is going to happen multiple times in this episode, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it did feel very, ac- like, the very action-driven, very stunt-driven, so very much, like, very similar to uh, Lightspeed in that regard, which is still one of my favorite stunt seasons uh, so far in what we've watched. But yeah, it definitely um, has some better action than some films. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the kind of things that when it did focus on story, it was just kind of weird. Um, we'll probably talk this more when we get to his character, but we, like, Sky was a central focus, like, looking back on this season. It's like, he really shouldn't have been. No, not at all. Yeah, and I think that's just part of what made it frustrating when it did decide to focus on plot was, like, giving him that spotlight when, frankly, he's kind of a dick. And again, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Um, and also just kind of along with that is that the actual, like, overarching plot to begin with was really weird. Yeah. Uh, something we noted is, like, Grum had really no motivation other than I want to go conquer shit, but, like, in a boring way? Because, you know, Rita, that's all her motivation was. She just wanted to conquer Earth. But she was fun with that motivation yeah like they were they gave it the right amount of like scenery chewing through rita repulsa and frankly any of like the villains that like where they didn't really have any motivation beyond you know i'm you know after ten thousand years i'm free it's time to conquer earth whereas like grandma's just boring like yeah it's like how do you make a power rangers villain boring yeah i guess like yeah, he looks terrifying. I'm gonna give you that, but mm-hmm. like you kind of said, uh, it's like all he did was terrorize a child. On yeah, a ship. and we'll talk more about Grum in a bit as well. So weird thing that comes up that never really comes up again early on is that there's this is big reveal that all of B Squad's parents worked for SPD, and then. They never really broached that beyond that, like, one episode it comes up in. I'm like, hang on, hang on. That is such a big deal. Like, maybe we should do more with that. Like, finding out more about Jack's parents or Z's parents or, like, kind of the motivation about why they would be okay with their kids going and working for SPD. Like, that's interesting. Why are we not following through with that? 
Or, like, one of the uh, favorite things is, like, before, like, uh, Jack mentioned his parents were missionaries. So it's Mm -hmm. like, what made them become missionaries after working for SPD? Right, yeah. And it's just like, no, we're just gonna focus on Sky and his, like, daddy issues. His dad's dead. Mm. And he's sad. He's sad and asshole. Mm. So yeah, let's get let's I I guess talk about the Rangers who yeah are essentially mutants. So we're gonna start out with uh, Jack Landers, SPD one or red, and uh, he starts out as kind of uh, one of the market they call market thieves, but he's really more of a market Robin Hood as they just steal stuff to give to the poor. Right. And he's with with Z, and it's it's implied that he's either uh, unhoused or he's living with Z. That's kind of the implication there. Yeah, and then like there's this whole thing where it's like. Is he an orphan? Is he, like, just been unhoused? Is he a runaway? Uh, Though he specifically, like, brings up the fact that he doesn't know when his birthday is. Yeah. And that he doesn't understand why people celebrate birthdays or, like, why people want to feel special on their birthday. Um, Which just kind of just implies that, like, you know, he's been orphaned for a really long time. Yeah. Like, about all he knows is his parents were missionaries. Right. Um, and, like, we know that he's kind of, like, we can see parts where he is actually a very caring person, like, at the very, uh, first episode, we see him give an alien that, like, missed out on, like, the kind of the, the food and clothing giveaways, like, he gives her, like, the shirt off his back. Yeah. Literally. He was taught well at the orphanarium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> As soon as we just start, it's like, we gotta make an orphanarian joke. Yep. (laughs) It's like, who was the poor Leela of that situation, you know? Oh my god, was it Jack? I mean, (laughs) yeah, maybe it was more Z, because she has the duplicating powers. Yeah, it was probably- Z was probably the the one at the orphanarium that nobody liked. Aww. (laughs) But now she's a tough badass. Yeah, exactly. Um... So yeah, as we noted that the kind of with Jack, he kind of has this trajectory, especially in that first like bit of episodes where he's like designated to be the Red Ranger. Of uh, that, yeah. you know, he kind of initially starts off like you know he's very into like doing what he does of like being kind of the Robin Hood to help people in his community, and he's and he's kind of carefree in that regard, and he doesn't really he's not really interested initially in joining SPD. And then, like, once he knows that he has the Red Ranger powers, which means that he's the leader of the group, um, he kind of is, like, in the first episode, he realizes that he's, like, kind of a power-hungry asshole. Oh, yeah, just, like, abusing the shit out of his powers. Right, which I feel like is, you know, if he hasn't really had any sort of, like, power over people for, like, his entire life... I really don't blame him for, like, kind of abusing it, even if he's a total dick about it. Yeah. But then, like, once he learns, like, how to actually be a good leader and how to be responsible, um, he kind of evens out and is actually, you know, a fairly competent leader for the rest of the series. Yeah. Uh, He's also, uh, it's been since TJ since they had a Black Red Ranger. And I feel like that's something to note because that is a huge gap of almost um 
That's almost a decade, I, isn't it? Yeah, it was almost because it was like SPU was uh, I think two thousand five. So and then Turbo was ninety seven. So like eight years. Yeah, that's a long time to go between having, you know, a black man being the lead of the series, essentially. Yeah. And uh, kind of one of the things that bugged me, and mm. uh, we'll get more of this into Sky, Ugh. Mm. is like re-watching the series, I realized kind of the whole reason why Jack is Red Ranger and everything was to teach Sky how to be a leader. And I'm like, ugh, that's... Uh. I don't think they intentionally meant anything by that. I'm going to say that right now. Uh, Power Rangers... Minus minus one season, we'll get to it. Power Rangers typically operates on colorblind casting, from my understanding. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those, like, oh, no, we'll just keep this in the story. And it's just like, I, I don't think you realize the implications of this. Because it was definitely because it was 2005. Yeah. You know, I would hope that, like, if they were to do something like this in the, like, the future, they would maybe be more considerate. But I don't know. Yeah. So that was that was kind of like a really um, kind of a wake up moment, I guess, for me mm-hmm. in terms of when I rewatched this series later is just more or less like there's a really uncomfortable implication that the the black lead is really only there to make sure the white cis male lead uh, learns his lesson to be a leader. Yeah. Um. So interesting about uh, Jack is that. By the end of the series, he's the only one to walk away from SPD. Uh, just because yeah. he decides that he, that it's one, he doesn't really think it's for him anymore, and he realizes he misses, like, being able to, like, help his community. And he meets this girl named Allie, who's, like, dad owns a, uh, a fashion business, or clothing business, rather, that, mm-hmm. you know, does that. They they do help their community by, like, giving away clothes and all of that. So he decides, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. And I think there's an implication. Like, oh, you know, we're still going to be friends with, like, SPD and all that. But, like, Jack has gone his own path. Because mutual aid is better than being a cop. Exactly. Um, I guess also interesting thing about Jack, because, like, since all of SPD kind of has, like, their mutant civilian powers that they will use either barely or a lot, is that, like, he has, like, what would be called kitty fried powers. Yeah. And that he can just phase through things. But, like, it only comes up, like, twice. Yeah, so it's just, like... You give them all these powers, and Jack's just kind of like, Jack, who has some of the more useful stuff, it's just like, nope. Nope. We're just gonna do the psychic stuff more. (laughs) It's like, well, since we talked about Jack, and we've talked about Sky a couple of times, so let's talk about uh, Skylar Sky Tate, aka SPD2, or the Blue Ranger. Garbage! He's He's garbage! Garbage boy! He's the worst! All cops are bastards, especially him. Yes. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is this entire deal? Like, oh my god. I am, like, yeah, we rag on Rocky a lot. We rag on Lucas. Like, Rocky, because, like, you know, they they were both kind of useless. But it's like, Sky is just awful. Like, you know? Like, he's not even, like... He doesn't even have, the, like, the redemption bit of, like, Connor deciding instead of, like, trying to, like, 
you know, be the best soccer player in the world, which, okay, um, that he's going to open some, like, soccer camps for children. Like, you know, at least he, like, Connor learns to do that with his time instead. No, Sky's whole thing is that he decided when he was younger he wanted to be a cop, and that's all his personality is. Just cop, and oh, he's so un... Like, you mentioned, like, Rocky and Lucas were just kind of... We don't like we don't li- like like the characters, but that's because there's nothing there, right? So they're not offensive. It's just oh, it's them and they do nothing. Yeah, and then like Con- Connor last season was just sort of like a run of the mill like misogynist who somewhat learns to be better. Yeah, but like it gets, gets better like when we catch up with him later in the crossover. It looks like oh, he- he's doing a lot better. Yeah, but, like, Sky, just, Jesus Christ, man. And, like, so, like, as we noted, like, he's just, he's, all he's ever wanted in his life is to be a member of SPD. And, like, to, to this end, he is so by the book with regards to how he regards policing. And it's not even in, like, the way of, like... So you know how in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Amy is very similar? She's very much about rules and you know, trying to impress her superiors, but, like, she has kind of that, like, Lisa Simpson charm, or, like, early Lisa Simpson charm, that you kind of love her anyway, even though, like, you could see her fatal flaw is not being able to, like, relax and, like, figure things out on the fly. Yeah, she she definitely has, like, a neurotic sense to her. Yeah. Like, like, oh, she's just like this because she's, like, probably riddled with anxiety or something yeah like clearly a gifted child who like was not able to let that go after she got out of college yeah um but then like but sky doesn't have that he does not have that charm he does not have that neurosis um he's just a fucking cop that is his entire personality I'm a cop. My dad was Red Ranger, so I should be Red Ranger. Me, 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 I'm me, me. Best shot. Yeah. <laughs> He's also why we should like no cops at Pride. Like, yes, this man is a gay cop, but he shouldn't be allowed at Pride. Yes, exactly. He oh. yell at a leather daddy for wearing like a leather harness. Right. Oh my God. Gets so weird about pup masks and collars. Like, oh, why can't you be respectable? Yeah, yeah, you're making the rest of us look bad. <laughs> it's like, shut up, cop. Ugh. But uh, one of the things I did point out, I think it was the episode he swapped bodies with something. Like, uh, it's because the prisoner, of course, you know, Fade being like coughing or something. And instead of like being like, oh, I should help him out. Sky just kind of grabs him to get into a fight. Like, I'm not falling for that. And then gets switched. It's like, ugh. Yeah, and it's like he's still you're still manhandling a prisoner though. Like you're not really being like smart here. No, and and then that episode was just funny because like, oh man, I got to communicate with people that I I am indeed Sky and they shouldn't hurt me and he doesn't have any way to communicate. He just goes and attacks them and just shakes them. And I'm yeah, like that's me. Yeah, cuz like he doesn't know how other how to communicate when he's in a monster body. And can't speak English. Yeah, it's like, you you could just, like, do a sky dance or something. Right? Or, like, because the only way they can figure this out is that, like, Rick, the robot dog, wants to play with him. 
And that's the only way they're like, oh, that's clearly Sky is because, like, Rick doesn't pay attention to anybody, wasn't paying attention to anybody else today. Yeah. Or, like, you could have just, like, done an SPD salute or, like, I don't know, clear cleaned up something. Quizzed, like, the fake Sky about something that happened last week that, like, he was annoyed. He was annoyed by everybody else about. Yeah. Does nobody else on the squad know anything about the fucking SPD regulations that they can't be like, yo, like Sky, like what's regulation number sixty nine? Z did, but maybe she just didn't want to. Well, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, you just have this unlikable character, and it's like, okay, fine. But like I pointed out, the entire series revolves around him learning how to be a leader and a Red Ranger, and it's just like, but he has no character growth. Yeah, like, the way the series shows his character growth by the end of the season is that, like, because the question that Kruger asks Sky at the beginning of the series is, if I made, um, if I made Sid the Red Ranger, would you follow her in a battle? And his response is, no, she's a girl. And then, like, so they, like, so nothing really happens in between that and the final episode. Like, oh, you know, he learns to follow Jack into battle and that maybe he should be a little less of a dick to his teammates sometimes. Sometimes. It was, it was mostly through, like, I feel like small actions, uh, the actor Chris did mm-hmm. that kind of built that character, quote unquote, but nothing in the writing. It was just more like, oh, look at how he's kind of hanging out with people and being casual. And that was all acting, I think. Yeah. Acting like, and directing. Yeah. I just, I don't think there was anything that really showed in the text itself yeah. that like Sky grew as a person besides oh, the yeah. fact at the end of the series, he's told, you know, he's asked the same question. If I made Sid Red Ranger, would you follow her in a battle? And his response is not an emphatic yes of, yes, I believe that she is, like, a capable leader. Is I would follow anybody you said I should follow into battle. Which is, like, that's not a lesson. <laughs> that's not a lesson. That's just meaning you being willing to follow orders and keep your misogyny on the down low. And, like, really <laughs> the true gag there would have just been, like, um, is Kruger going, cool, hey, Sid, here's your Red Ranger Morpher. <laughs> that would have been how it should have ended, honestly. Like, cool, Sid's yeah. now Red Ranger. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, it was just, like, like I said, it's like it was definitely, like, direction and acting that mm-hmm. you only saw Sky change, but nothing on the text. There wasn't, like, an episode arc where, like, Sid was in charge of an operation and he had to, like, learn how to deal with Sid being in charge. Right. And, like, like, and, like, that's the thing. It's, like, Sid is not even the only time his misogyny comes up. And, because, like, at the end of the series when A-Squad's found, and, like, they find out that, like, the Red Ranger on the A-Squad is a girl, and he's like, you're a girl! (laughs) It's, like, 2025, and apparently people are still misogynist. Oh, I guess that was the point point of Bitch Planet, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Now, like, I think, like, I think, like, Jack also had, like, the... I forget if Jack was like, wait, what? But then he was like, okay, cool. And, like, almost like, I realized my misogyny there. Yeah. But, like, 
Sky doesn't really have that moment, you know? It's just like, yeah, he just he learns to maybe cooperate a little bit better, but that's it. That's and then, it. Like, like, so we run into this fucking issue, though, again with him. Because, like, if you remember one of our gripes from Lost Galaxy was that the Battleizer episode was basically Carone doing all of this emotional heavy lifting about being able to let, like, try to learn to let go of her past and, like, make atonement for, like, the, like, the harm she caused people. And, like, at, but still at the end, Leo gets the Battleizer. But, like, yeah. you know, Leo's not a dick about it. Like, he's not sending the whole episode going, like, eh, eh, I should have the Battleizer. I should be, either, like... Because I'm the Red Ranger. Like, he's just sort of like, hey, cool, I was along for this whole thing, and now I'm gonna, like, use this weapon. Bye. I'm a himbo. <laughs> yeah, like, he, like Leo's such a himbo that you can't really be mad at him about it. But, <laughs> like, because um, at that, I'm just more mad at the writing, I guess. But, like, the entire Battleizer episode, you know, which is supposed to be about, like, the Red Ranger usually making some sort of, like, big emotional journey um and gaining this new like power up because that's what it was for especially like in you know the past two seasons yeah um instead the battleizer episode is all about sky who is not the red ranger again we should note because it's like he just spends the whole episode just being like i just wanted to be like my dad who died and, and I should be Red Ranger because my dad was Red Ranger. Oh, so and- I let his killer free. Oh my god. Good, it was good just, job, dude. I'm just like, I'm just watching it and it was like, you watch the episode and you're just like, hey, look at this upgrade. It's to Jack. Well, what are we gonna get? Well, sorry, Sky, it's only for the Red Ranger. That's all you have. And it's like the rest of the episode, it's like, oh, we're sending Jack to like interview this Hannibal Lecter dude. But he can't have any reflecting surfaces. And it just is like, you find out that guy killed his dad. And Sky cried and let him out of prison, basically. And the whole thing was like, oh, well, we'll let Sky use the Battleizer to turn him in. Yeah, so let him be, like, Red Ranger one time. It's just like, because, you know, he feels really bad about it. It's like, oh my god, fuck off with that shit. Yeah, it's just, ugh. That was, like, the first time of, like, I do not like this Battleizer episode. Yeah. Like, the, the Lost Galaxy one was just more frustrating at the end. It was like, this led to the Battleizer, really? Right. Whereas, like, this one was just kind of like, why is this, like, th- this is, again, like, me rewatching it from, like, long ago. I'm like, why is this entire thing around Sky and not, like, some emotional growth with Jack? Yeah, because I feel like this would be a perfect time for, like, so for us to learn more about Jack as a character, like, you know, about, like, him being an orphan or, like, you know, some big emotional journey that he has to go through. Because, like, you know, we were able to do that with Connor, even though it was really bad. You know, we were able to do that with, was it Shane? Shane, yeah. Yeah. So, like, we were able to do that with Shane and, like, his whole, like, you know, predestination of you know, getting the battleizer power. Uh, but, like, okay, so we learn nothing new about Jack. Instead, we just learn more about Skylar's man pain. And, okay, but did he actually learn anything from this? No. The answer is no. No, no, he didn't. 
Um, and like I said, his entire emotional crux is that his dad was a Red Ranger, and now his dad is dead. His dad died in the in in ba- it, like apprehending a crook or something. Fallen, fallen cop shit, you know. Yeah. Um. Something weird that we kept getting stuck on is why did his dad have a Time Force uniform? <laughs> Everyone has been stuck on that for like ages. The the answer I know is just like a uniform they had around that they could just slap SPD on that because I know the uh, A Squad helmets were uh, the in space helmets right but they didn't use the entire uniform they just like made up SWAT gear and then used the in space helmets so this was the entire like identic like identifying time force uniform it's just like what. Yeah, so every, I'm just like, I saw that. I'm like, wait, is is, is it implied that Wes is his dad? And, and like, we later find out, like, no, they don't want to make that a thing. So mm-hmm. my whole implication of it, it's like, Biolab just worked on it. And because Wes, like, isn't a designer, he's like, oh, we'll just use the Time Force uniform. Yeah, so I guess, like, there was a later redesign with SPD where they're like, okay, well, we're going to stop using the old Time Force uniforms. Yeah. Because it's causing problems with Time Force in the future. <laughs> or are so, they proto-Time Force? Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah, it's just... His whole thing is like, my dad died in battle. And it, it, it did also lead people to be like, did, did Les just marry somebody else? <laughs> I mean... I, think I would have to assume so in like the this universe... Yeah, it's like, there, there's all sorts of things that kind of go around the fact that th- that it was just the uniform they had lying around. Right. <laughs> oh, that means Eric was an instructor once or something, if my theory is correct, it's just Biolab just happened to be there. Oh, God. Eric would be the worst, like, SPD instructor. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, oh, God, not you guys. Oh god, yeah, I am just kind of imagining him meeting fucking Sky, just being like so annoyed by this twink. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> Which, like, okay, we did put this in our sh- like our show notes, but like, uh, Sky's actor was a male model. Like, he just cannot do anything without just being like kind of having the blue steel face. I know. He's he's not bad at acting. It's just like the default face is just blue steel, right? <laughs> and like I don't feel bad for making fun of him. He's an anti-vaxer. Oh yeah, it's just like oh wow, that's disappointing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's just like uh, we just okay. As you can probably tell by everything we've just said now, is like we just do not like this white boy. Stop with the garbage boys. That's two out of three Disney years that had garbage boys. Maybe we'll walk out again. I'm not trusting my memory anymore. Yeah, I'm just like, because it's like, I know Mystic Force is going to be our next, like, not our next episode, but our next series. So I don't know what's going to happen there. And I'm sure somebody's like like listening to this yelling at the podcast, but. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I don't trust my memory enough that the only guy I know that isn't garbage is Chip. Right. So that's like the only one I can say. No, he he is not garbage. I I, I can't. I, yeah, not trusting my memory anymore, folks. Like we're just in the weeds now. We're just in the weeds now. Um, so 
Uh, and then Sky actually had a decent use of his power. It's not the most used, and it was just force field stuff. Like, he could just create force fields. I think they were trying to, like, make a connection, I feel, to these characters and their powers. Like, oh, look, Jack, he can, you know, he invades, like, conversation and slips through walls or stuff. Like, kind of thing of how... I, I feel like they were trying to make, like, Jack walls off through kind of slipping away or not wanting to confront, whereas, like, Sky just puts up a wall. Right. But, you know, they just, the metaphor dropped. Yeah. Like, it doesn't help when you don't actually use the, the visual metaphor. <laughs> yeah, they used it more with Sky. I've noticed. Like, when he would be a little bastard mm-hmm. and he would just do the wall off. Yeah. But... It's just like, oh, I think they were trying to do this metaphor with the powers here and just kind of fell apart. Right. But, uh, I think we're done talking about Sky, so let's move on to a character we actually really love, which was Bridge Carson, or SPD-3, the Green Ranger. Which, which I know, after all we talked about, like, Sky, I went baby, baby boy. Oh, yeah, he's just a sweet baby boy. I love Bridge so much. Oh, he is he is still one of my favorite fucking characters. And I, I can see that, yeah. Like, and my whole thing is that, you know, with the, the whole series just kind of keeps establishing Bridge as, like, he's kind of a weird guy who, like, is kind of very quirky when he's, like, you know, doing his, like, police work and all that. And I'm just like, he's not weird. He's just neurodivergent. Yeah, pretty much. It's like... <laughs> Almost everyone who has a uh, who is neurodivergent just latches onto him. I've noticed. We, yeah. just, we just love this dude. We're like, <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's no, he is just like he like he does get to the right answer. He just goes around a way nobody else like would expect anybody to go. Yeah, or like does a headstand or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's a stimming. It's just a headstand. I'm, I'm like, I, I use an infinity cube, but go off. <laughs> um, usually I'm just fiddling with whatever's nearby or bouncing my legs. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, one of the main things he does is kind of too much info, like, dumping or just details on stuff. Mm-hmm. I've noticed this is a big thing he'll do. He'll, like, really, like, the Rashomon episode, he started his story with talking about what he had for breakfast right and what he thought he should have for and what he was in the mood for but then you know and until like kruger growled at him to get on with it right so yeah and like so kind of does imply a little bit sometimes that like you know they try to make bridge a little bit of a joke character but like he's still taken seriously by the rest of the team even if they don't always get what he's about yeah um i guess that like go into the aura and psychic powers on kind of i think Maybe it was supposed to be a metaphor and just fell apart. Right. Uh, I noticed that, and I I really like this because of he is neurodivergent coded, is Mm -hmm. that he's very empathetic towards the others and people and everything, even Mm -hmm. machines. Yeah. So, you know, him actually being able to read auras and people's, like, motivations, I thought was really nice. Yeah. On top of it, it's like, oh, he's not an uncaring robot person like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Right. You know, Bridge would definitely, like, help you out in any way, shape, or form. It might be a weird way of helping, but he's he's there to help. Yeah, and he will, yeah, 100%. And, like, 
I think that, like, this has apparently been a thing in the fandom for a while, is that he loves toast. Yeah. Buttery toast. And it only shows, I noticed, like, rewatching it, it only shows up, like, twice. There was the first time episode, I think it was, like, he was talking with Z, and he does this, like, motion of buttery. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, it shows up in the later in the season. I guess this is what it is. It showed up less than I thought it did. Right. It showed up later in the season when he had, like, a tower of toast that was all buttery, and they kept on, like, saying, it's like, you always wiggle your fingers when you say buttery. Yeah, and then he it, tries to prove that he doesn't do that, and he can't do it. I also bet just, like, I know he's supposed to be 21 because he's, like, born in 2004. Mm-hmm. But, and this is 2025, but at the same time, I'm like, he eats so much carbs, he definitely has the tank of a teenager. Right. Um, and specifically, like, with, well, kind of sticking on the buttery toast, I did love the fact that, like, Matt Austin, um, on his, like, Twitter account does have, like, hashtag buttery on his profile. Yeah, he, he understands a lot of people love that character, so... Which is really nice. It's really nice. Weird, I think he gave me toast advice once on a marmalade, and I forgot what specific marmalade it was. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) He was just talking about marmalades one day on Twitter. Oh, (laughs) that's, okay, that's adorable. Yeah. Um, so something that also that we noticed is that, like, he's, he's specifically stated to be Jewish. Yeah. Um, which... Uh, you said it was an ad lib. It was an ad lib because uh, Matt's Jewish, and that's like that's a very typical thing. It's like, oh, Merry Christmas, and you're like, I'm Jewish, but cool. <laughs> yeah, because they may, like because when they get the bikes or something, like they talk about like I think it was Jack said like uh, Christmas oh, came early. Christmas came early, and he's like, well, I'm Jewish, so I guess Hanukkah. And then like, didn't like Jack say something in response that like I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, it's, like, it's surprising to me that we ha- got this long to, like, it's I, it was surprising to you, too, honestly, that we, it took this long to get an actually very, like, specifically stated Jewish ranger. Yeah, because it's, like, we've had a, we've had a Jewish character in the past, and that was the, the, the weed hacker dude from Zeo. Right. That they just, like. We're like, oh, he's all he's Jewish for the uh, episode where we're all fight the Christmas the Christmas special where we're all fighting, right? And you know, and then like Saban's love of Israel comes through in a couple of episodes in Mighty Morphin, but like never talked about like any of the Rangers being like, oh, I celebrate Hanukkah instead. So yeah, or the so- actual important holiday, Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Power Rangers episodes about Purim. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that would be fun. I think someone wrote a fic about, like, um, Bridge celebrating Purim and kind of inviting everyone and saying, oh, please dress up. Oh, that would, I could see, like, that would be very cute. But yeah, so essentially because it's like, okay, and this all came off of an ad lib. Yeah. So it's like, okay. I'll um, take it. Yeah. Mazel tov. <laughs> Oh, I think that is what Jack said. <laughs> yeah, Mazel tov. <laughs> And, you know, I'm glad it's Bridge, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because he said Matt's actually Jewish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I I am glad it's Bridge and not Sky or something. Right. Though, like, we were talking about this last night before recording about, like, you know, since 
Santa Claus is, like, an actual entity in the Power Rangers universe. Like, do have they actually had to have the Santa talk with, like, like, with Bridge? Like, did his parents have to ha give him the Santa talk? Or did he accidentally, like, say something about Santa not being real once and made a kid cry on accident? Oh, my God. I, I do think um, Bridge is a lot like me and is, like, Christmas neutral. Right. Because you're either Christmas neutral or, like, Christmas is the worst time of the year ever. Right. Uh, when you're Jewish. Uh, I hate Christmas because of my time in retail, but, mm. like, I don't talk about this often. I'm a converted Jewish person. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I was I was raised Presbyterian, so I'm like, I don't hate, hate Christmas. I hate like, but some people I know just are like, oh my god, everything about Christmas makes me want to puke. And it's valid. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm surprised I didn't come out of my time working at Amazon hating Christmas, if I'm being totally honest. Oh god. Or or the Santa house you worked at. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> your, your, your war stories about the Santa house. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if that hate me, made me hate Christmas so much as it just made me hate rich people. <laughs> But yeah, it's like I just I just feel like because Bridge is just such a such like a a character that just is good vibes. Yeah, he just doesn't think about Christmas too much. Yeah. Um, and then like we mentioned it before, is that he does specifically have like psychic powers that let him read people's auras. Um, I, I think at one time he was able to read Jack's mind, and they never touched up on it again. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's the one who kind of ends up using those powers the most because I think they're because they're most they're the most plot convenient ones. Yeah, because like you can have like if you have a character that can read auras that like you know at any moment when they just need to be like, huh, the vibes are off. You just you know you just send your like empathetic like aura reading character in there to be like, huh, the vibes are off. Uh, <laughs> I'm just imagining. Bridge, like, texting Skylighters, like, listen, your vibes are off at Applebee's or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were all going out to eat at Applebee's. Oh. And he just texts them later while they're while they're in the same room because they're roommates. And it's just like, your vibes are, listen, your vibes are off at Applebee's. Oh, God, or even worse, you'd just be, like, talking about somebody's kid, just being like, well, what if they just didn't vibe with the baby? The baby's <laughs> vibes were off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm so- I should be sorry, that was the first thing I thought about with the vibes are off. I uh, No, no, the Applebee's metaphor's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And that's how they knew, uh, that's how they should have detected the fakes, the, the body switch. It's like, hey, your vibes are off at Applebee's. Yeah, like, how could they not let, like, Bridge read the aura and just be like, hey, guys, this guy's aura's off. <laughs> like, I, I mean, that's why I said it's the most plot convenient, like, set of powers. And I guess it's like, you know... It's the whole thing about, like, whenever you're, like, in a plot, sometimes your characters have to be stupid in order for it to advance. Yeah. Um. I mean, but, it would also have been stupid that they went to Applebee's. <laughs> like, it's like, the Applebee's apparently still exists in the far-off future of 2025. 
Just just got to like an Applebee's ripoff, and you know, and and the fake Sky acted all bad, and then later it's like, hey, his vibes are off. His vibes are off at Applebee's. <laughs> no, but also, I I think I would. I I think I'm just glad that the characters were just like, oh man, what's wrong with the situation? Instead of that, right? That would have been more comedic, right? Uh, one of the things I I've always noted through watching like watching SPD is uh Bridge and like Sid kind of have like an odd couple friendship going on with them because like they just have a good rapport like even in the first episode it seems like Sky really kind of is there but the but Sid and Bridge just know how to like chime off each other mm-hmm. whether it's snark or just like ideas or anything and uh I think Sid at one point said I speak fluid bridge right you know, it, it's definitely, they are, they, I feel like they were friends long before the Academy. Like, they've known each other for years. Yeah, like, they definitely, like, once you pointed it out, it did definitely, like, kind of click. And, like, yeah, like, you, you made a joke of, like, maybe they went to, like, you know, the same school or the same synagogue. Yeah. With the shul together. Yeah. And when it wasn't the joke I made, it's like, um... Sid's grandma just keeps trying to set up Sid with Bridge, and Sid is like, I'm a lesbian! <laughs> and eventually, Sid's grandma is like, well, you know, I've met this nice woman with a dog. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely, like, there, there has to be, um, uh, that would be, like, something I'd wish to uh, to be explored, I guess, later on, would, like, would be, how did Bridge and Sid kind of know each other before the Academy? Right. Like, yes, yeah, that would be especially kind of interesting, is just kind of learn about their past and, like, how they, like, again, how would they reconcile their parents being in SPD when they were told, like, something entirely different growing up? Yeah. Like, that's interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, after that episode, it's like, oh, man, we gotta go talk to our parents about mm-hmm. this. This is weird. Because I know, like, Sid, Sid said, like, oh, hey, my mom was a school teacher. Yeah. Like, I'd love more details about that. <laughs> yeah, instead of, oh, look, there's Sky, and his dad's dead. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Fuck Sky. Uh, but yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, Bridge is just a wonderful character, uh, doesn't have much, like, arc, but I don't think he really needs to, to just love him. Right. Like, he's just so lovable and great, and, uh, I, I, it was kind of nice to, like, everyone just kind of had to, like, learn more or less, like, they didn't force Bridge to change as a person in his thought patterns, it's just more everyone else learned that Bridge just comes to the, the same conclusion in a different way. Right. So, which is how we should actually teach how to deal with neurodivergent people. I beg you. Please. I'm not, I'm not being lazy. I'm just, I just can't activate on things. Yeah, but, same. Uh, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's move on to Elizabeth Z. Delgado. Uh, no relation, I believe, to uh, Danny Delgado from Wild Force. Like, I, guess it, I guess I just really like that name. Yeah, it's a good name. But yeah, like... It is. Could you imagine if they were related? Good God. Oh my goodness. That's like her gay cousin or something. Right. Because I don't want to imagine Danny being like a bad dad or something like that. Yeah, it's like, I don't think he's a dad. Like, maybe an uncle or something. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, 
so we first meet Z, who is uh, SPD-4, or the Yellow Ranger. Uh, she's kind of like a tag team, like, good friends with Jack, and they're the ones who work together to, like, you know, Robin Hood. Uh, but she kind of, it's, she wants to do something more with her life. Yeah. Um, and so, like, when it comes to when they're arrested and kind of given, like, the plea deal of, like, oh, you can, if you join SPD, you're not going to be in trouble. Like, she's the first one to actually, she jumps at it, actually. Yeah. Um, so, like, and as you noted, that she is kind of a quick read with SPD. Like, she really kind of takes to it really quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, but unlike Skye, she's, like, very loose with the rules. Yeah. Or uses her rules to the advantage of basically, like, we're gonna be little naughty children here. Right. This this rule right here says we could be naughty children, which is how I am sometimes. Right. <laughs> it's like, hmm. Uh, but one of the things uh, I just realized that it's not in it today, and I wanted to point out is, uh, I kind of find the opening to be a disservice for the first two episodes because when we see the first two episodes, Sky Sid and uh, Bridge are are wearing like the gray cadet uniform. Right. And then when you meet Jack and Z, Z's wearing a pink, like, mesh top. Right. With neutral colors, and I think Jack had, like, a shade of red on him. Mm -hmm. But I was like, wow, that was, that was kind of a really good thing to kind of, like, have maybe, like, that throwaway of Z's gonna be the pink ranger, or not knowing who these colors are, like, who, who, who the who the rangers are going to be, like, color-designated with. There was all these kind of neutral stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Then you had the opening, which just gave away everything about it. <laughs> right. Because the <laughs> opening actually showed what color designation they were. So that was something I I was uh, I felt it was an interesting touch, is to kind of have that red herring with Z, because she ended up being the yellow ranger instead. Right. Um. But yeah, so... She's the, like, she kind of ends up being more of the heart of the team, um, because she's the one who kind of is the more emotional person. Yeah, she's, uh, she's kind of the big, uh, when, with the episode with Sam, she's kind of the big person behind that episode. Um, uh, she, um, she's, like, second to Sid on getting along with Bridge, I've noticed. Yeah. And, like, she, like, unlike kind of that implication of Sid and Bridge have known each other for ages, she just easily just is like, this is my weird, quirky friend. Yeah, and kind of just touching back on the episode with Sam, is that that's actually one of my favorite episodes in the series. Oh, it is so good. Yeah, because, like, she seems to be the only one who is, like, actually willing to, like, be a part of the community instead of just immediately jumping into being a cop. Yeah, she was, because everyone was kind of suspectful of Sam for the longest, because it was portal powers. Right, and, like, so, like, but she's the only one who's just willing to, like, actually reach out and try to connect with him. And, like, try to understand where he's coming from. Because, like, everybody, like, because she understands he's a kid. Like, you know, and he's, you know, been abandoned for a really long time. Like, he needs, like, somebody to actually, like, reach out to him and try to, like, you know actually be there for him and tell him like no the things you're doing aren't right yeah instead of just automatically assuming that he's going to know that and like that he's a lost cause yes guy yeah mm. <laughs> 
everything comes back to how much we hate that man. It's one of my favorite episodes in the series because it really does show, like, Z cares about doing things for people. It isn't just, like, the uniform and catching bad guys. It's like, no, this kid needs help, and I gotta reach out and help this kid. Mm-hmm. Especially because that doll's creepy. Oh, God, Cindy Sunshine. I fucking hate her. Ugh. Ugh. And... One of the things I've noticed is they often would kind of pair her with Sky, and like she'd say say saying things like "lighten up, Sky," and like blah blah blah. And they kind of use that to push that Sky totally change. Look, he's he's walking with her at the end of the season, and they're just shooting the breeze, and he's not wearing his uniform. He's wearing an argyle sweater thing. Oh god, that fucking sweater would look terrible. <laughs> it was a terrible sweater. But, you know, it's, it's uh, what was it I said? It's like, it definitely felt like, you know, I don't want to say like my ship or anything, but it definitely felt like she probably dated Sky for a while and then realized he was garbage and dumped him. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I think the joke was like, oh, hey, I'm Red Ranger now. And she's like, oh, well, you know, according to the SPD handbook, you shouldn't fraternize with me anymore. So, bye. <laughs> bye. I'm gonna go date like Sid or the hot like the hot lesbian soccer coach You're right. at the Cotter camps. You're right. <laughs> <sighs> I wonder if Connor's real reason for quitting soccer was Megan Rapino kept making him do Fortnite dances. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh <laughs> oh my God, it's beautiful. Yeah, so like I so, out of her civilian powers, I think hers kind of come up, like, the second most, is that she has, like, the power to kind of duplicate herself, which I just thought was the coolest one, especially visually. Um, yeah. It's, like, it, kind of towards the end of the series, though, they kind of drop off with using it, which sucked. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was, I thought the power was really cool, and I wish they'd used it more. And it, it definitely, like... It seemed like there was, like, no end to the duplication when they first did reset it. And, uh, the effect was very, like, it's it still holds up. Like, yeah. it, it's not the, like, we have seen some bad split-screen shit with, with Power Rangers. And that one was actually, you know, they did a very good job with it. Uh, it, like you said earlier, I think it's because it's, like, it's one of the more convenient powers to have. Yeah. And because, so like, think- you can use that in battle or, like, anywhere else. Yeah. You know, very. You know, I feel like uh, Bridge Z and Sid kind of had the more the reason why their powers came up was they were more useful in combat situations. Yeah. Um, uh. We have a note here where it just says "funky lesbian," which yeah, she was kind of a funky little lesbian. <laughs> funky little lesbian. Yeah, uh, and because she kind of ends up getting in the like kind of slotted into like the role of being kind of the more quote quote like not girly one i didn't want to say butch because she's not really she's not really butch but like you know it's about like as every- much as she gets is like uh sonya yeah uh, deville yeah yeah uh but like she's kind of just like because it seems like especially as we're getting more in the later seasons like whoever's the pink ranger is the really girly one and then like the second girl on the team is like not as girly yeah um, so she's kind of the not as girly ranger this season, and um, but yeah, she she did have a little bit of queer vibes, but maybe I'm just sort of like personally imprinting on her. 
She's definitely like kind of the uh like alt girl vibe, yeah. I think. Yeah, she's kind of um, got like the same alt girl vibes as Kira, honestly. Yeah. It's like I I do also think that like Z is into fashion and stuff just not the stuff Sid's into. Yeah. It feels um which uh, that's a good way say way to talk about Sydney Sid Drew, uh SPD5 uh slot uh or pink. Uh, she, she's, uh, kind of the whole bit of her, her, like, surface reading everything. She's the rich white girl who has her own pop career. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, she's kind of the more stereotypical femme pink ranger we've had in a while. Like, she's blonde, like, her room is so pink. Um, she, like, she even says, oh, pink's my favorite color when she gets her powers. Yeah, like, she, she loves pink. It's this big Elle Woods vibe from her. Yeah, like, she knows she's pretty, and, like, I, she knows that she stands out like Elle Woods at Harvard, so she's gonna stand out like Elle Woods at Harvard. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, she's not, then she's not, like, a dumb blonde or anything. She's, you know, very good very, at her job. She's very smart, but, like, you know, she just is very feminine and, like, kind of is, like, She's a little self-centered, but, like, she's actually very sweet. Especially in the birthday episode where she's... I just love it was very, like, not only showed, like, her her love and compassion for her fellow man by, like, Jackie can have my birthday, but also her, like, her, 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 like, self-centeredness of, like, and if you know what you're doing, you can milk it for a whole week. Yeah. (laughs) Like, giving, giving Jack, like, good advice on that. Yeah. (laughs) But, but... uh, and like I mentioned earlier, like, her friendship with Bridge, you know, because, you know, that could have been so much like, oh, God, the weird nerd. And instead she's like, this nerd's my best friend. Yeah, I love this nerd. He's my nerd. <laughs> um, just, uh, Yeah. I was going to say, this holds up Bridge. It's like, I've only known Bridge for five minutes, but if any were, one of you were to hurt him, we would. Ki- I will kill you. Yeah, yeah it's like, God, it's the line is specifically... um. I've only had Arlo for five, uh, for a day, but if anything were to happen to him, I'd kill everybody in this room and then myself. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's Sid a little bit with Bridge, that she cares very much about him. Uh, a detail I really liked is that there's kind of a reoccurring, um, not gag so much, but a reoccurring character detail is that she has a stuffed elephant named Peanuts. Yeah, I just... You would think it would just be this throwaway thing when, uh, basically, so, uh, in SPD, you, uh, they, they do show that, um, feels like everyone under Jack has to be roommates with each other, so Z and, uh, Sid get roomed together, and there's this whole kind of conflict, and, like, she just goes, Pete, you took peanuts! (laughs) <laughs> so you know there's this whole thing of like taking her stuffed animal and i think there was the the thing with the episode with rick that dealt with peanuts and you're like oh that's gonna be a throwaway thing no peanuts just shows up constantly as a detail with sid yeah like even in the one episode where like their badges get taken and they're put in the infirmary like they still when she's like past like basically when she's a kind of in a coma like they kill they give her peanuts that she like having uh in the bed with her yeah, which I I feel like I feel like Z got peanuts for her. Yeah. Um. Well, no, she said she's had peanuts since she was a kid. No, I meant like uh, Sid got peanuts for her to in the infirmary. Just Z. Did, oh, sorry. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like be... oh, hey, I'm gonna be like a good, really good roomie here and get you your favorite stuffed animal. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be super adorable. Um, I think, yeah, she still kind of has to kind of grow into friends with being Z. Like, they don't become friends immediately. But, like, towards the end of the series, they're, like, they're pretty good friends. But, like, there is tension between how different the two of them are. Yeah. Um, which which I kind of liked because, uh, well, we haven't had, for two seasons, we haven't had, like, two girl ranger characters for a while. We haven't had that in a while. Right. And it always felt like, you know, they would just have women there, but with no conflict between them, which, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's just, just like, I'm for, but also it can you know, some people just don't mesh well. Right. And Z and, Z and Sid would not very mesh well, but I'm glad they also weren't like, we totally hate each other. Yeah, fight over a boy. Right. And yeah, they don't, thankfully that doesn't happen. Yeah, that, thankfully they don't have, like they did in Turbo, a fight over the boy episode. <laughs> right. Oh, God. What boy are they going to fight over, Sky? Yeah, God, he's the worst. <laughs> Like, you should never fight over a boy, but definitely don't fight over garbage boys whose entire personality is, I'm going to be a cop when I grow up. Because, like, the other, like, Jack is, like, I could see maybe, like, Z would definitely be like, he's more my brother, go on a date with him. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Sim would be like, oh, yeah, Bridge is, like, my bro, so you can go on a date. Like, they wouldn't have a conflict with the other two, but it's like, thank God, not Sky. Right. So... I kind of like that, yeah, they ha- they just, they weren't playing on, oh, they're two opposite girls, or there's a boy. It's just more of like, no, they're just two different people. Right. And sometimes that just doesn't, that sometimes kind of doesn't mesh. So... Even if it does bring him on a weird planet. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, her power was like, mineral absorption? She could just pick up, like, steel or diamonds or something and just kind of make her fist into that and... Like, strike people with it. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't come up more often, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah, because it was a pretty, like, plot-convenient power. Yeah, honestly. Because it's like, why wouldn't you use the power of, like, being able to absorb a mineral and then just, you know, beat the shit out of people near you? Like, that's a real powerhouse power, and I would have loved to have seen more with that. And and I love that they gave it to, like, the girly L. Woods character. Yeah, it's like, ugh. So, like, she would have been perfect for... Okay. Um, so, the first episode of the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic uh, series that I ever saw, and it's still one of my favorite episodes, is when um, when Rarity's kidnapped by the Diamond Dogs. Oh, God, that was great. I love that episode, because, like, the whole bit is that everybody thinks Rarity is going to basically, like, you know, crumple under, like, pressure and that she needs to be immediately rescued because she's too weak to handle herself. But, like, the entire episode, she's just basically bossing the Diamond Dogs around. And then, like, that one point where they're like, quit whining! She's like, this isn't whining. This is whining! (laughs) (laughs) I I remember remember that. It's like, but eventually they get to the Diamond Dogs and they're like, no, take her back! (laughs) Yeah, I'm like... Sid would have been perfect for an episode like that, honestly. It's just like, you know, she's the girly, you know, being the girly girl and like, uh, you know, she, maybe she gets kidnapped by a monster and everybody thinks that like she's going to like, you know, that she's in like grave danger. And then like at the end of the episode, she's like, what? I got it handled? Like, guys, come on, give me a little bit more faith. <laughs> like, like, um, I mean, they, that would have been the good like waking up moment for Sky. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, huh, 
women are capable of things. <laughs> and uh, I'm just reminded, like, the episode with Rick, though. Yeah. Like, where, well, one, she, she kind of fell in love with this dog. <laughs> Which, like, like we said, it just showed her kindness, but the other was like, no, she had, she knew Rick was right, and everyone else was like, oh, no, Sid, what are you doing? Let's go. And she just spends the entire time digging a hole in the rain. Yeah. And then when the, when she finds the evidence, gets back up, and the monster attacks, she just kind of goes, it's like, I've been digging all day, you know, my shoes, my new shoes are ruined. (laughs) I was in the rain. Yeah. It's like, that was felt like an actual character growth episode. Like, not, you know, Sky getting his way because his dad's dead. Or his boyfriend died. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that one. Uh, Which I think that episode was more of, like, a mix of that and, like, Sky realizing, like, no, you shouldn't let, like, your dumb boyfriend get in the way of your, like, Jack telling you something smart. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's kind of noted here. I really like Sid a lot. Like, her and Z and Bridge, like, were kind of my favorite uh, characters in this series. Um, and Cat, but we'll get to Cat in a bit. <laughs> but I, I just, like, I love characters that are like Sid, where they're kind of like the L Woods rarity types, where they are kind of, you know, feminine and, and girly, but, like, are way, you know, are way tougher and smarter than what, like, you know, people say they are, people or society says they are. Yeah. Or even more than they let on. And I feel like the show doesn't attack her for being super feminine. No, not at all. Yeah. The show's greatest characters were, were kind of the, the the other three rangers. And I think they could have proved on Jack a little bit more, too. Yeah, I feel like if they had just given Jack more time or, like, given him, like, maybe, like, his, where his focus episodes were more about, like, who he is as a person. Yeah. Um, and kind of, like, letting him grow from that. It would have been interesting, but, like, they, they just decided, like, no, we're just gonna put all of our character eggs into the sky basket. Oh, um, I don't think you caught me making a fart noise. <laughs> no. But, but it did show up on disc- uh, on the, uh, on Audacity, so. Yeah. Um, so I guess kind of moving on from Sid is that we move on to our sixth ranger of the season, who is also our, um, our mentor slash, uh, commander of the season, who is, uh, Chief Anubis Doggy Kruger, aka the Shadow Ranger. Um, I'm just gonna say that right off the bat, he has big Captain Holt energy if we're just gonna continue making Brooklyn Nine-Nine references. <laughs> Especially, like, you made me, you made me turn around or whatever. Like, you made me turn my chair. Yeah, it was like the first time you saw him, we saw him and you said that. Uh so at Gadget WK, um Jonathan Brandon Sawyer, who's actually an artist, um that he did a meme on Twitter like last year where he was putting uh like basically Brooklyn 99 quotes over like uh SPD screen caps and like he kept doing it for uh Commander Holt uh for Kruger. <laughs> so, like, that just definitely influenced the way I saw Kruger going into SPD. Oh my it- goodness. <laughs> yeah, it works. It does, though. Yeah, because it's just like he's kind of got that, that same kind of taciturn, taciturn, like, men- like, mentor mentality, 
But, like, he does occasionally kind of, like, slip through and let his funny side show. <laughs> I'm just, like, now just imagining uh, Kruger with the fucking balloon arch. <laughs> it's like a, I think that's, like, season five of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, whenever Rosa was supposed to get married to Pimento. But, like, he just spends all day on that fucking balloon arch, and they tell him not to use it anymore. And he just slowly just starts popping it as he's, like, staring down Jake. <laughs> and then at the end of the episode is the big vindication moment when, like, Rose is like, that balloon arch is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I just feel like Kruger would just be, like, he's the type that would just obsess over a balloon arch. And, like, but, yeah, so he's, like, you know, he's kind of, like, a... You know, he's just, you know, you know, tough commander type, but like, you know, he still kind of has a little bit of like a, I wouldn't say fun side, but he's very dry in his humor, I believe. Yeah. Um, I would say that he's probably been one of my favorite mentor characters so far in the series. Um, he's definitely not a Zordon. He's a little bit more like our favorite Bill. Bill. <laughs> Bill Mitchell. Bill Mitchell. Um, where he's just, he's very much like, he, he does, you know, function as a commander. He's the one giving the orders. He's the one, like, sending them on assignments, giving them their, their ranger colors. You know, he's the one to assess if Sky is worthy of being a red ranger, uh, which I don't think he was by the end of the series, but whatever. I'm not whatever. a series writer. <laughs> um, but, he, like, I think, like, he yeah. and Bill had, like, he doesn't do this as often as, like, Bill Mitchell did, where, mm. like, uh, Cougar, I think, had, like, a, like one or two episodes where he just basically was like, wow, God, especially the Shadow Ranger one, where mm -hmm. he was just like, you guys kept on complaining about, like, saying, like, oh, we don't have to do anything because the Shadow Ranger is around. I had to teach you a lesson. Though part of me wonder if he was just being petty. It seemed a little bit more petty than, like, whatever, like, because Bill was trying to do it, like, you know, oh, well, you know, he has to realize this on his own, and then I'll tell him the lesson. Like, I just felt like Kruger was just being like, nah, I'm not gonna hear, be here to clean up all your problems. Fuck like, you! Fuck you, buddy! I have paperwork to do! Yeah! It's like, I have to run this entire base, you know? I can't just, like, go and do shit for you. Right. So, like, yeah, I just, I feel like that was definitely a little bit more petty than what Bill was trying to go for. But generally, I feel like Kruger's a very good mentor and a very yeah. good ranger. Honestly, I, I like that petty bit because it just was, like, it humanized, I guess, if you could say that about an alien, it really humanized Kruger. Yeah, because he's not it's just, you know, taciturn leader. He's just more like, you know, he's just trying to do his job. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, and he also has to deal with, like, you know, I don't know if they're, again, I'd call bullshit on them being teenagers, but, like, he still has to deal with, like, these young adults that, like, don't really know, like, the ways of the world yet. And, like, they're not even his first choice of rangers. Yeah, like, his other choice of rangers, like, fell, you know, they disappeared. Yeah, so, like, he kind of has to deal with, like... Yes, they're very, they, you know, they're the B-Squad, you know, they they earn that rank for a reason... But, like, they're still not, like, the ones who have been, like, training their entire lives and are, like, the ones that you send in to do things quick and efficiently. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, I think it does kind of give Kruger a little bit more character. And then especially when you find out his sad backstory of, like, Grum destroying, um, 
Sirius, like the planet he came from, and also like uh, potentially killing his wife. Um, though for the longest time we think, oh, he's a sad widower, or is he? <laughs> yeah, or is he? Because like towards the end of the series, all of a sudden we find that his wife Asinia is alive. Yeah, and oh, poor Asinia, like. Uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but, like, they clearly put more of the money into the prosthetics for Kruger's costume, and then when they went around to Isenia, like, nothing. Like, her mouth doesn't even move. This is like, no, no. We're only <laughs> using this for, like, an episode or two, so fuck it. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then as Shadow- I, I think- the Shadow Ranger design is probably my favorite of the series, besides the Cat Ranger. Yeah. Like, it's just very evocative and, like, clean looking. And, like, it stands out from the other Rangers, too, which is the important part. Oh, yeah. It's it's one of the, I think it's one of the best looking designs of any Ranger suit I've seen. Yeah, but, like, I am also get caught up in the question of, like, how does his head fit in the helmet? <laughs> <laughs> now, does it, does his snoot knight go down? Does it smush against the like the the helmet? Like, no, it can't be comfortable. No, um, I mean, obviously, it's again as we mentioned in the previous episode. Like, you could just use the morphing grid to like explain it away. Like the, mor- the morphing grid. The morphing like, grid did it. Yeah, morphing grid did it. Like, it's. I know this is gonna come up again when we get to Dino Charge because Zeno Wing. Oh God! Fuck it, Zeno Wing. Oh, God, he keeps me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, God, that's Zenoing. Yeah, so but, creepy. like, so, like, <laughs> so, like, but, yeah, it's just, like, I got caught up in, like, but how does he fit the helmet? Um, which I think there was a joke about that on Decker Ranger. He's like, don't ask that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where, his name is still Doggy Kruger in Decker Ranger. I think it's just Doggy. Okay, but, instead of, like, like Anubis. Yeah, but it he is like a he's in a giant fur suit instead. Okay, <laughs> which just makes it great. I think <laughs> I like both the suits, but like this one, they definitely went to like we need to make it look believable for children. Mm-hmm. Whereas since like Toei was like, no, we're fucking cheap. Just hire like a cheap fur suiter to make this. That's not the worst fur suit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can definitely see why they wanted to do something a little bit more, like, quote, quote, realistic. Yeah. Um, I, I do love the photo of him wearing sunglasses, though. That's fucking great. <laughs> it, it's great. Like, no, that's great. Like, it just more or less showed how much money, like, Disney was willing to throw at the show versus Toei. Right. But, like, only once. Only once. <laughs> only once. Um. Um. So, yeah, and you can clearly tell that he loves, like, he does love the kids, and he loves rain, like, he does love the rangers in his own way. It's all thing he saved Z as a child. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's an interesting backstory. Oh, you're never gonna talk about that again, okay? I'm not gonna talk about that. Darkness, no, oh, man, I I ruined our no Lego rule. Ah. I don't don't know if it's a rule so much now that it's just Kurt's just gonna make fun of us for it. (laughs) <laughs> say darkness no parents this is like not darkness no parents it's darkness no wife <laughs> no wife <laughs> oh, i was talking about like uh sky oh yeah she's definitely darkness no parents <laughs> even though he has like his mom still alive <laughs> <laughs> now my dad <laughs> 
Oh, God. <laughs> I have a feeling when we get to ranking the characters at the end of the series, we're just going to be like, yeah, no, Sky was the worst. Sky was a garbage boy. He was the most awful. <laughs> like, but yeah, Kruger is just more darkness, no wife, until yeah. suddenly wife. Yeah. Does that make him a wife guy? Um, I don't know. Depends on how it is post everything. I will say I do love that Doggy ha- like has a lot of like dog puns around him. Like he's from the planet Sirius. His name is Anubis. There's you know, like the- one the- other one that I remember coming up, and then I totally forgot it. I'm really sad that you know it's it's a Brooklyn Nine Nine joke and not from like SPD, the one where it's like Commander Brody, great to see you, but if you're here, who's guarding Hades? Yeah, that actually that actually would work for the dog punnery. Yeah. Oh, per- yeah, that would be perfect. Um, and and then of course like with the the Commander Holt thing, I just kept calling him Velvet Thunder. <laughs> Velvet Thunder. That's I'm not like. He's no longer the Shadow Ranger. He's just Ve- Velvet Thunder. Yeah, call me Velvet Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> um, something that we actually really liked uh, was especially that he was. Um, it seemed like he was very good friends with uh, Cat Manx. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was just that they'd come up through command together, especially because Cat was. Um, she's been in SPD for a while. Like, she's supposed to be, like, 100-something years old. They said she was, like, 147. There it is. Um, yeah, so she was supposed to be, like, you know, nearly 150 years old. And, like, it seems like they've known each other for a while. And they've kind of have this rapport that, like, sh- like that Kruger doesn't have with anybody else. Yeah, like, that. that is definitely his best friend. Yeah, and she's the only one who, like, is in a position that she can call him out on his bullshit. Yeah, and she does several times in the series. Yeah, like so I won't I don't know if you, you could say that she's like his conscience, but she's the only one she's the one who's basically like, "Hey, no, that was shitty." Yeah, fuck you for that. Yeah. And then like kind of seems to like is it like Cat's the one who kind of has to talk him into doing things sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I think she said stop being a stubborn old, old dog one time. Yeah. Um so I just, I, so I, I love that dynamic, honestly. Like, I, I, I was worried that they were going to try to go down the romance route with them, but like, no, they were just really good friends and I appreciate that. Yeah. They're, they're just like, we're bros being bros. Yeah. We're, we're not going to go to Applebee's for drinks. We're going to go to the nice place for drinks. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I guess kind of moving on is that we have our, uh, Omega Ranger, uh, aka Sam, who they're. It's just a ball of light because they didn't want to pay for another adult, like, to be on the series, apparently. That that was kind of my favorite thing. I think it's a big speculation because they're just like, no, we don't we don't want another actor. You're just going to be a ball of light. (laughs) But then, like, they show him as, like, a grown up in the last episode, like, for real briefly. So, okay. Yeah. Um, Um, Sam doesn't get much. (laughs) Which is why I was surprised he got a toy. Like, oh yeah, because like they made a um the lightning, lightning collection at Omega Ranger, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I'm like, I'm pretty surprised he was just kind of there. Uh yeah. But he has a sweet unicycle. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, so let's be noted that when they kind of are like, oh yeah, your parents worked for SPD and y'all have mutant powers because of it. Like, he was the last of the mutant children, though he's younger than everybody else by at least ten years. So it's like either his parents were young research assistants or, like, they just had kids late. Yeah, or it's some sort of weird, like, cryo situation, I don't know. But yeah, and then, like, so he's kind of the central focus point of, like, that, because I think it's two episodes, isn't it? Yeah, it's two, It's a two-episode. Yeah, so, like, so he's the central focus of this two-episodes where, like, he's found by uh, Z and then Cindy, Sunshine, and Mora. And so, like, they're kind of, like, battling for his soul, I guess. <laughs> they and, they kind of were! Yeah, because it's, like, you know, like, they want, like, Mora wants him to, like, kind of further Grum's agenda and, like, you know, turn him evil for their own personal gain. But, like, Z's actually trying to, like, you know, turn his life around because she sees that he's a lonely kid who's uh, ostracized from everybody else. Yeah, so it was just yeah that did, I again that was a really good uh, episode arc, and yeah no um, yeah that that's just kind of how Sam starts. You see, he has these portal powers, and I think it's because of the like portal powers. He essentially can like suck something into a portal and then transport it to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's ba- now you're thinking with portals. Yeah, really exactly. What I felt like yeah, yeah, it was what I felt like when I saw his powers. And, uh, yeah, and then the episode ends, he, you know, he joins Z and ends up, like, joining SPD, I guess, because there's no longer an orphanarium. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we have moved past the need for orphanariums in the future year of 2025. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he enters SPD and we never see him Oh, at- uh, wait. <laughs> so... So later there's this episode like called like the message or something and they're getting these like bad messages from the future. Oh no, shit's going down. And then that's when you start seeing this ball of light show up. And eventually the Omega Ranger shows himself and at the end of his arc of showing himself he goes like, oh, I'm from that bad future. I'm here to help to make sure this future doesn't go awry. And I'm like, okay, so you're like a Kyle Reese, I guess. Don't die. Yeah, it's like, oh. As you notice, he's uh, definitely a Kyle Reese motherfucker. Which which I made a really bad joke the other night. Kyle Reese was, in fact, a motherfucker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm awful. But yeah, it was just kind of like, he sent back and uh, to kind of correct things to make sure it's not, you know, that path isn't taken. And I was like, well, uh, who are you and stuff? And he's like, oh, I know my way around here. Because they were like going to help him away. And he's like, I'm Sam, and they play kind of that, the, 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 like, weird, uh, they had, a, like, a special theme for Sam that kind of just sounded like weird Lords of the Rings-ish or something. Mm-hmm. Like, like, how you would expect Tom Bambadil to, like, come down and mm-hmm. do something, but, it, you know, if he was, e- like, all, like, emo Tom Bambadil, like, just da-da-da-da-da. Right. <laughs> um... Yeah, and it was just, yeah, it was just so weird that, like, they just didn't have, like, an older Sam hanging out or whatever, and... Or or even use the excuse of, like, well, I don't want to spook my actual child self, so I'm just gonna be this ball of light. Yeah, they just it... said that he, like, just got rid of his body in the future. I was just like, what? How does that even work? I have so many questions. 
It's like, I'm a light now. Okay. Um, and it kind of starts off being, like, t- Cody two-shoes until they just kind of vaguely use him. Yeah. And yeah. at least he's not Sky, though. Yeah, he's not Sky, so give we, him we that. We spent a lot of that podcast just yelling at Sky. <laughs> uh, and, um, uh, kind of the last of the Rangers is, um... Of notable rangers that actually do something in the series is uh, Cat Manx, or the Cat Ranger. Yeah, notice she's only the Cat Ranger for one episode. But yeah, so Cat mostly serves as she's the head of like research and development, and she is, as we noted, kind of Kruger's conscious. Because she's been in SPD for a long time, and she's, again, willing to call him out on his shit. And as you noted, everyone loves Cat Girls, especially styling Cat Girls. She had probably, she had a lot of style go on with her. Like, I noticed she was the one that, like, would have different uniforms on, like, every time. Yeah, it was all very, like, what you would imagine somebody who's, like, the head of a futuristic, like, research and development department at a, for space cops to wear, honestly. Yeah. But yes, everyone finds Cat attractive. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because of anime or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> she's, she's very, and also her actress is very pretty, so. Yes. 100%. So yeah, I was I was gay for Cat. I'm going to be totally honest about that. <laughs> uh, she kind of starts out this really has this weird sadistic bit, especially towards Boom at the beginning, and then they just kind of level that out to where mm-hmm. she's just kind of like, she's you know, she's just Cat. Yeah. She, you know, gets mad at Cougar every now and then, looks after people, and just, uh, I think it's just more of like... I don't want to say blunt, but more of, like, she doesn't, like, sugarcoat things a lot of times. Yeah. It's just, like, I feel like is what you kind of need in that situation. Yeah. So it's just, just like, they kind of changed this almost, felt like gleeful sadism at times, especially towards Boom. They just kind of, like, ah, no, she just doesn't sugarcoat shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So one thing I did appreciate about, um kind of with her character is that the time she acts the most like a cat is when she's fighting oh yeah she just she just hisses and shit it's great yeah because i think there's even a couple times in like because she doesn't have a whole lot of fight scenes i would say she probably has like three or four over the course of the series yeah but like every time she's has like a fight scene like she'll make these noises like like it's so fucking funny yeah it's just it's great great little bit for a kid's show you know yeah um and then like as we mentioned there's one episode where she becomes the cat ranger uh because birdie gives her like a temporary morpher that's only gonna work for an hour and and basically they found out she finds out that um because she gets promoted to like head head of r&d like of all of spd and she's there at the headquarters and everything, and they kind of find out that on Earth, like, her mentor is now, her former mentor is now super evil, and they gotta do something, and Birdie gives her this morpher. Oh, uh, yeah. Just as a side note for that episode, Professor Mooney has the most terrifying teeth I have ever seen on a Power Rangers villain. Oh, my God. Just, just so much weird teeth in this season. Oh, God, I hated it so much. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was just very cool that kind of even having kind of the temporary morpher, um, and like kind of letting her like have that spotlight of like, you know, it's the, it's the whole like, oh, should she stay? Should she go? Like, it's not 
unsimilar to like the episode in uh Lost Galaxy with uh is it Damon? Damon, yeah. Like where like, you know, he basically applied for that job of being like the head of the of fuck, what was the name of the space station? Terra Venture. Terra Venture, yes. So he applied to be Terra Ventures like head of R&D and all that, and then, like, he gets his plan stolen. Like, they don't know that fucking episode, but at the end, he decides he doesn't want the job because he basically, it's a desk job and not, like, actually doing anything. And I think Kat eventually kind of, like, after everyone begs her to stay, is that she doesn't really like the the R&D job at, like, SPD Maine because, like, she actually wants to, like, handle things on her own and not, like, you know, delegate them. Yeah. Um... Interesting thing about Cat though is that they could not make up their minds on what they wanted to do with the like her eye color. Yeah. Like she would wear a context to make it definitely look like she had cat eyes, but they couldn't figure out what color to make them. Yeah, so like she had like like if you find most promo images of her, they're just kind of like regular green looking eyes. But then like there's a couple of episodes where she has these bright neon like eye con- like eye contacts, yeah. and like, but it was so inconsistent too. Is that like for one episode it would just be her regular eyes, and then another episode it was like the the bright ass green contacts, and then like go back to like the regular eyes like two episodes later. It's like make up your mind, pick a lane, pick a lane. I mean, we could always just like shrug it off as like maybe cat's eyes just change color or something. Maybe yeah. But that was kind of a weird production thing that happened. It's like, yeah, probably. Um, okay, so kind of just, we're done talking about anybody who's had, like, ranger powers. And we know somebody's yelling about the Nova Ranger. We're going to touch on that in a bit. Um, (laughs) so, uh, kind of just moving on to our allies, which we really only have two this season. So, of course, our first one is Boom. As we put it, he's just a good mid young Midwestern boy just trying to do his best. He's definitely just trying to do his best. When he first shows up, it's it's kind of this they start off very comic relief and almost kind of the the thing that like the person that Cat picks on and almost seems kind of dumb. But as they kind of just progress with him, it's just more of like, no, Blim's just clumsy and filled with anxiety. Yeah, like, he's very, he's trying his hardest, especially because, like, he failed out of SPD, but, like, he got reassigned to being, like, part of R&D and kind of being, like, like, he's a tech guy. He's very much a tech guy. Like, he's got a big heart. Like, he's somebody who cares a lot about things, and there's often times, like, especially in the early part of the season... Where he's there to tell, like, the one of the rangers, like, kind of the talk them into doing something. Because, like, he believes it would be the right thing. And if he was a ranger, he would do that. Yeah. One, one of the things I've kind of, like, mentally uh, noted about Boom was, like, definitely because of the anxiety thing. Because that episode we talked about where they're like, oh, yeah, Kat, go take that job. Because they, they basically, Boom and the rangers met and were like, oh, we gotta make sure Kat can take this job. So we gotta make sure we... we let her know we can run things without her. Right. So boom for like majority of it was able to run things. It wasn't until something kind of went sideways that it, you know, he panicked. Right. And couldn't, you know, it was like, Oh wow. No, he's just riddled with anxiety. Like poor baby. Yeah. And as we find out, like, as he talked about it a bit in the series is that he's wanted to be, he wanted to be a ranger um, as part of SPD for like a good chunk of his life. But like, 
he failed out of the academy like three days after getting there yeah um but he didn't have the heart to tell his parents that's what happened so he told his parents who seem like very nice midwestern folks especially like his mother seems like she's from minnesota his his mother definitely makes snicker salad oh yeah it's like she's like you know she talks about maybe sending some tater tot hot dish to uh boom at spd yeah um, but yeah, so, because he's, like, didn't want to tell them he failed out, he just told them that he was the Orange Ranger, which is not a thing! <laughs> it just kind of made up stories, I think, about him that were based on what the Rangers did. Yeah. It was one of those, like, don't lie kids uh, episodes, but it was just kind of, it was definitely, like, a mix of that and don't be ashamed if you fail, I think was another thing. Yeah, um, especially because, like, he does find something that he's actually really good at. Yeah. So, Which like, I, yeah. That's actually a very important lesson now thinking back on it. It's like, yeah, sometimes you fail, but sometimes you might find something better or, you know, you'll, you know, other than, like, I'll oh, just try again. It's like, no, sometimes you'll find something better even if you fail. Yeah. Which I just think was a yeah. nice little touch. Um, yeah. I guess my, my last thing is, like, him and, I, I, really thinking about him and Bridge, I think, uh, show how you can, it would be a better if they were more explicit about, like, their being, them being neurodivergent, but it definitely shows, like, how you could just make good neurodivergent characters. Right. You know, they don't have to be, like, comic relief or anything. It's like, oh, look, no, this is, boom, he's hyper-competent as job, he's just got some, you know, things that can make that difficult at times. Right. Anyway, go on with what you were saying. I'm sorry. Oh, no, like, you know, I was just sort of, like, carrying on that point you made about him starting off as, like, the comic relief, but, like, kind of, he kind of is taken more back from that role as, like, the series goes on. Yeah. And he's just trying to be, he's just very skilled at his job. He's just a little goofy, that's all. Yeah. He also gave the, the, uh... The the big rousing speech at the end of it, which I, I turned to you and was like, how would you rate that? I said it was a, se- it was a solid 7 out of 10. Yeah. Like, it's very it's very hard to to, to uh, beat Bill Pullman's Independence Day speech. Or the, like, today we're canceling the apocalypse speech from Pacific Rim. Oh, yeah. It's like, it, that would require to have the gravitas of, like, Idris Elba. And, like, yeah. Very few people do. Yeah, like, that's not any offense to Boom's actor, which I, I can't remember his name right now, but, like... Uh, I think it's Kelsey? Yeah, like, not, no offense to him, like, it's it's hard, like, it's it's hard to have, like, the, the, the poll to, like, do, like, the Independence Day, like, speech, or the, you know, today we're canceling the apocalypse, or, like, even, ugh, I'm, I'm remiss to mention Mel Gibson and fucking Braveheart, but, like... You know, he can, like, Mel Gibson in the 90s could give that rousing speech. You know, and then he got real high on being anti-Semitic and uh, his career tanked. Yeah, he just, he just is like, I'm gonna be way more open about being an anti-Semitic asshole. Yeah, so, but kind of just going back to Boom, you're like, yeah, it was a solid, like, rousing speech about protecting SPD and, like, you know, you know, yeah, we're not rangers, but we can still fight for, or, you know... Our, our place definitely would rouse the children yes it was it was a very good rousing speech for a children's show yeah um uh, oh god no so way. i guess kind of moving on to our other kind of ally ish um Ish. 
This is Piggy? Yeah. Okay, so Piggy, I noted, because, like, I am not a huge Star Trek fan. Like, the first Star Trek series I've ever watched in full is Lower Decks. Come at me. Um, You're fine. If anyone comes at you, I'll, I'll, like, challenge them or something. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah, I love Lower Decks. It's fucking great. But, like, okay. So, but I've never watched a Star Trek series in full. But, like, from what I've watched with, like, roommates over the years and like and the times that like Kurt does Trek Drek and all that. He's got big Star Trek side character energy. Yeah, one of the things I noted like when we were watching it, because I think I think Kurt just kept making Quark jokes at one point about him. Mm-hmm. I was just like, what if Quark was an unhomed smelly chicken alien? Yep, that's that's Piggy alright. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just you know uh like basically what if Quark was like peasant instead of merchant class or something yeah so like piggy's whole thing is that he's an information broker and like i think he's kind of a junk peddler for the first couple of episodes yeah um lives in a dumpster yeah literally lives in a dumpster but yeah he's kind of an information broker who his side is whoever is paying him or whomever is threatening to hurt him yeah it's like can you pay me or or not kill me? I'll do it. Yeah. Um, uh, which I think the Rangers understand that about him, like, for the most part. They still get really surprised when he betrays them, though. It's like, Piggy, how could you? And it's like, he's Piggy. Yeah, it's one, it's Piggy. Two, you keep, like, threatening his business. Yeah, like, you keep threatening his business or for him to put on deodorant. Like, he's he's some elite fan. Oh, God, yeah. I was just like, with that episode where Sid threatened him with deodorant, I'm like, oh, look, it's like going to wrestling shows. <laughs> Does um, that mean Piggy's a fan of the Young Bucks? I mean, I'm assuming they're still super pecking their way through the far off year 2025. I mean, yeah, I mean, unless one of them gets injured or something, they're probably still super, like, they're still super kicking. I mean, we're in 2021, so. Yeah. We got four years. <laughs> Maybe it, Cody will have a second bad tattoo. Maybe, like, on the other side of his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He'll still be making speeches about how he solved racism and how America's great. Yes. <laughs> I, I solved racism by fucking my wife. <laughs> It's like, you didn't solve anything! It's like, you didn't actually solve anything! Probably gonna get shit for that line! (laughs) I'm sorry, that's how his speech came off! Oh, I'm not gonna tell you to go watch that promo. It's fucking garbage. Do not go watch that promo. promo. (laughs) We're gonna have to kind of maybe reference it in the show notes, unfortunately, but yeah, it is probably the worst promo. In wrestling, definitely not one of Cody's best. No, which it's like, dude, you can talk. What was this shit? Exactly. Um, I think that's what made it worse. It's like, dude, you can't actually cut a promo. What the fuck? But yeah, getting back on track to, to Piggy. Um, <laughs> oh, just like, yeah, that's just a mad us imagining what like <laughs> AEW wrestling is like in the future, and then like, why Cody? Why? Um, why? But yeah, um, yeah, so it's something about Piggy is that, like, yeah, sure, he's easily threatened by, like, cleanliness and all of that, but, like, 
Essentially interesting is that he, they kind of kept him as like the junk peddler going through the trash for like the first couple of episodes where he was the trash man. Um, but then like at some point he won the lottery and basically opened his own food truck he still eats trash though yeah and like if you okay if you ever pause on like the menu in the background on the truck um (laughs) the uh the the food there definitely does not sound appetizing nope i mean i guess if you're a garbage eating alien it's i'm sure it's fucking tasty or at least a strong three out of five yeah but like yeah, I was just like, especially like could do a it, diaper melt better. Could be like some somebody's Yelp review. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, especially like because I have that one episode where they tried to eat at Piggy's like stand at the end of the episode, and they were drinking what he said it was sewer water or something like that. Gutter water. Oh God, guys, you should have known better. It's like, why are you even here? Other than like it was a set they had. It's like you could have gone to like Applebee's. Yeah. <laughs> Future Applebee's. Just bring it back around to Applebee's. <laughs> they have not sponsored us, by the way. I do not like Applebee's. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, it's like the it's like the Demolition Man future where they all ate a Taco Bell. Yeah, they they all fine dining is Taco Bell now, so they they just got Taco Bell. <laughs> um, I guess that's all we can and, really and, say about Piggy, unless you have anything else to go on. Uh, he finally like. He he betrays like he actually grows a conscious at the end of it and actually like I'm gonna actually save the Rangers instead of watching them die. Yeah, and like he joins like the SPD fight and they even like yeah we couldn't have like uh, like they actually thank Piggy for his contributions at the end of the episode. <laughs> and then and then at the end at the end of the episode he's like well I'm working with like Allie and and her dad now to distribute clothing and he has like a banana peel in his suit. Yeah, so he's like a he's actual businessman now, I guess. <laughs> Business piggy. Business piggy, or whatever his alien species is. <laughs> um, so now we get to talk about villains. Um Oh boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so as we mentioned earlier, Grum was just kinda I don't know what Grum's entire deal was. Like by the time we we're talking about this, I'm like, what did Grum do? Like Go on, girl, give us nothing. Yeah, that is, that is literally how we felt about Grom. Emperor Grom was gone, girl. Give us nothing. Yeah. And, like, so, like, you know, he was part of, like, the raid on um Sirius and, like, Got allegedly his- killed Asenia, even though we find out later, no, he didn't. He, like, got his horn chopped off by the, the, the shadow blade. Mm-hmm. And then when he fought Kruger at the end of the series, uh, the other horn got lobbed off and Kruger put him in confinement. And it was mm-hmm. like, yay! And then we're just like, oh man, wait, what did Grum do? Other than just like, <laughs> I'm going to conquer Earth and destroy it. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, because like, also he just constantly threatening Mora. Yeah, like, what, what are you there? And I think we already touched on like, He's just boring. Like you, you can have, uh, you can have a, a villain in Power Rangers have like motivation, or in Diva Tox's case, petty little motivation of I just want to cause c- trouble and I hate the Rangers because they royal ruined my wedding. Yeah, I feel like that is like, you know, a more that that excuse makes more sense than like fucking like. 
Just like, okay, what are you, but what are, what do you do, Grom? What do you do? What do you contribute oh. to this wide world of Power Rangers? And we, we find out he, he was just pretty much working on, on a body for this giant brain named Omni. Yeah. And giant, giant rock body. Yeah. So it's just constantly like, it's like the, the underpants gnomes from South Park of like, steel underpants, question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. Yeah. It's pretty much what's Emperor Grum's motivation. I wrote on it, first Ranger Splain Award of boring as fuck villain. Yeah, again, how do you make a Power Rangers villain boring? Like, it is the most campy job you can have in the series, like, on this planet of Earth. Like, yeah, is that you get cast as a Power Rangers villain, that means you get free range to chew the scenery. And, and gays will love you, and I, I feel like more drag outfits should be, like, come from Power Ranger villains. Like, it's camp, it's beautiful, and then you have Emperor Grom is like, ah, I'm gonna yell at this kid. Yeah, so I guess kind of moving on to, because we don't want to talk about Grom anymore, it's kind of moving on to uh, the kid he keeps yelling at is uh, Mora, aka Morgana, who becomes Morgana when she's magicked into being older. Um yeah. Which I guess is a way to get around child labor laws. Yeah, I felt like they changed her later to Morgana uh, as of, oh crap, we want to film like fights with this character, but we can't do it with the kid. So we're just going to come up with an excuse to age her up. And uh, so we don't really know what her age is. I wonder if it's a case of like, she's just sort of eternal. She looks like she's like eight years old but like it's eternal like she's actually like hundreds of years old they never really say yeah but like we do know that like she enjoys being in her child form as mora more than she likes being like her adult form as morgana yeah so i don't know if that's a case of like she just wants eternal youth i don't know they don't really talk about it that much but like her entire time is that she's kind of the finster of the group. Like, she's the one who creates the monsters. So she's, like, this, this creepy gothic child who, like, draws monsters and creates them. And then, like, she has her creepy doll named Cindy Sunshine. Oh, God. I, that doll. I'm, I'm not somebody who's terrified by dolls that much. But, like, Cindy Sunshine, which is the world of no... I feel like for her, uh, why she likes being a child is like, um, I just felt like she, she felt like her imagination was stunted in making that sort of thing. She prefers to have a child like mine, and she also just prefers to be a, a giant child. So, right. Which you can be as an adult. Right. I'm not talking about the kink, I'm just saying that some adults are just giant children. Yeah. Like pro wrestling fans. Exactly, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I also want to say I don't get the kink vibe some people do with this. Like, no, this definitely is avoiding child labor laws, like, like vibes. Yeah, I'm not seeing anybody's kink with this, especially because it's, like, it's Power Rangers villains. Like, they could have easily just said, oh, yeah, she's, like, hundreds of years old, and, like, she has this adult form that, you know, she has this other form that she does not like being in. Like, and they could have just said that at any point, and, like, I was like, but, yeah, definitely not. I'm not getting, like, I have been around littles i am not getting that kink (laughs) yeah um yeah so basically when she's morgana and like her whole entire motivation is that she wants to be mora again 
And so she basically spends, like, because I would say for the first 10 episodes we see her, she's Mora, and then, like, she's Morgana for, like, the big middle chunk of the series, and then she's Mora again in the last three episodes. Yeah. Um. So basically, just the, that entire middle chunk of the series, she's just like, I want to, like, I want to be Mora again. And that's, that, that's just, ugh, it's kind of obnoxious in that way. Yeah. And especially it's like, okay, but you're you're literally named after like Morgana, aka Morgan Le Fay. You could have done more with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking that. I was like, wow, you could have done way more with that instead. You just kinda did this. Um but she is kind of a creepy, terrifying child and like it was just funny because like when she gets indoctrinated by Omni, like she drops Cindy Sunshine to a pit of internal doom. <laughs> that was great. And you were just like, Hell yeah! <laughs> It's like fuck Sydney Sunshine. He <laughs> deaf Sydney Sunshine. <laughs> um, and then like at the end of the series, like they're going through like SPD's going through the hallways and stuff of Gr- like Grum's thing. I think one ha- like Kruger is trying to go for the controls and or Anasinia, and then like others are escaping and Kruger just runs into uh mora and she's like what are you gonna do i'm a child and he just whips out the judgment more of her thing and confines her into a space yeah <laughs> just puts her in a card and it's just like okay <laughs> yeah it's like okay that is actually pretty funny <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's like she was just uh just kind of uh she was better than grom and that's about all we can say about her yeah um and kind of like we felt like Honestly, who we're about to talk about felt more like the main villain than Grum sometimes, and that would be Broodwing. So, Here comes the money! I was like, whatever. However Shane McMahon's dumbass theme goes. Yeah. Like, yeah, the that's... one said that just says, like, yes, I'm just here because I'm my, my, like, I'm the son of the, like, of the guy who runs the company. Please love yeah, me, I daddy. Just... <laughs> yeah, I just want, yeah, Broodwing just wants money. That's like his main motivation, and that uh, he wants money and power. And I went, that's why he has a jaunty tie, which I have watched this series multiple times, and I did not notice the jaunty tie until this watch. Yeah, and then I, when you pointed out the jaunty tie, I was like, oh fuck! Now I can't not see the jaunty tie. Um, he was the main villain in Decca Ranger, so I'm not as versed in Decca Ranger other than like the fursuit thing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know that's that's where that character came from, and I'm wondering if like if that's why he had like better stuff going on because they were able to use more footage with him and stuff like that, so they could build more. Yeah, that kind of felt like now that you mentioned that, it's like okay, yeah, that definitely makes sense because it's just like yeah, because it just I didn't really get a you know main villain vibe off of Grum, but I definitely got it off of Broodwing. Yeah, it was mostly kind of like greasing wheels, hiring bounty hunters. More or less, like, playing to Grum's agenda sometimes if it felt for him, but then other time, most of the time he'd be playing for his own. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all because I think it just really wanted, like, Grum's ship and the power he had with the Trubian Empire. Yeah, and um, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then just settles on the chaos at the end, and when Grum basically was like, well, I finally have caught on to you, Birdwing, and Birdwing's like, fine, well, I'm gonna just... Have my own take over the base with blackjack and hookers. Yeah, and then gets fucking captured. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it just, 
It yeah. just felt like Broodwing's motivation was money, power, like, but it was, like, way more interesting because you saw him play out and play, like, his own dealings as well as, like, playing with Grum sometimes if it suited him. Right. Uh, so, yeah, he definitely was more interesting in, than Grum in that regard, and it's just, but I feel like, he's, especially because he was the main villain of Decker Ranger, like, they didn't really balance it in the way, like, they did in Time Force. Yeah. Um... Because basically, like, because, yeah, like, Rancid clearly was not the main villain of Time Force, um, but, like, you know, it felt like they were able to balance the footage a little bit better and, like, make the, like, kind of wrap the story being more about, like, him than, like, whoever the main villain of Decker Ranger, not Decker Ranger, Time Ranger was. <laughs> um, that was, that was the weird, like, I want to say like frog monster yeah i i like can I, see it in my mind's eye but like the, i can't i don't like know his Bruno name Bruno was his name in time force he barely did anything mm-hmm. and then there was also uh oh what was it I, i'm like blanking on the name of the uh robot right i am too i'm not gonna look it up right now yeah the di- the guy that became a robot uh he the that like suit was also in this in the sentai it had like a group really and right yeah they barely used the actual sentai villain right um i guess kind of moving on now is kind of we have our last set of villains sort of because they only really show up in the last episode is our a squad rangers and who are led by uh red ranger charlie um So their whole thing is that they are the squad that goes missing, and then at the end of the episode you find out that they were swayed over to uh, Grum's side with money and power. So they're just corrupt cops. They they were just like, oh, look at the corrupt cops that were swayed by Grum. And, um, yeah, I I wish they had done more of that, because that's a very interesting plot line of, like, Oh, you know, our you know, our elite squad of like police officer rangers are actually evil. Like, I feel like you could have brought that up like maybe ten episodes earlier. Yeah, like actually really make it a solid arc. Yeah, instead of just like confining it to like a big reveal in the last episode. And it, like right after finding them too, like they find them, they go back to base, and then Bridge is like, "Oh yeah, their ores were off still," and all of a sudden, like they take over the base. Yeah, it's like, why not bring that up sooner? Like, you kind of have them, like, come back and, like, for a couple of episodes, like, B-Squad kind of gets relegated back to being B-Squad. And, like, and then you slowly find out, like, oh, you know, the A-Squad Rangers have been corrupted by Grum. They've been evil this whole time. And, like, we have to, you know, save SPD and, like, use that as, like, their next step and, like, kind of have, like, a whole, like, you know, either A Squad gets redeemed at the end, not maybe maybe not redeemed, but like they have to like use A Squad's information in order to take down Grum. Yeah, I'm thinking of like how they would do it. Do it's like I think like they could just like have A Squad be aloof, maybe one of them be mean to Bridge. You know, yeah, it's like they could have done a lot of things that kind of like, ha, huh, these guys are kind of off. Yeah, there's something weird about these guys. But no, they they just didn't do that. Um, yeah. So notably, this is the first time we see a female Red Ranger in the series. There have been Red Rangers in the past that have been female in the timeline of Power Rangers itself, but this was the first time uh, you saw it on TV, and it was like part of the series, really. Yeah, just the first time it shows up uh, with the television show. 
I thought she was hot. <laughs> yeah, she's she's very pretty. Yeah, and like you know, it's especially very interesting about like because she's kind of the mouthpiece for the range, like the 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 A Squad Rangers, because you don't really get to know them at all. So it was just very interesting to kind of have like a very like this evil like villainess who's like basically was corrupted by like Grum into you know switching sides and like again that's that is very interesting why did they not explore that yeah um i just remember this uh i remember when the series first came out and people were like i feel like people were bitching about charlie being a girl Mm. and then somebody pointed like either somebody pointed out way ahead of time it's like oh yeah the red ranger's gonna be a girl because they actually took the voice modulation that they were doing Mm -hmm. and reversed it or something they were a sound engineer right they found out that was like you know a girl's voice a woman's voice and then like it had something to do with that like so i I, I definitely know that who like charlie whoever played charlie like voiced the character beforehand they just modulated the shit out of her voice Mm -hmm. so in that reveal of like oh look there's a girl like ranger you know it comes like when people aren't paying attention to like voice stuff they're like oh yeah that's kind of a surprise right cool but yeah it's really weird for people to be like there's never been a girl red ranger and power rangers and there never should be it's like okay but we have charlie here but yeah i mean she turned out to be evil but she's still technically a red ranger and then i know about um what's her name in samurai that i can't think of lauren Lauren. like i had lauren but i didn't want to say it because i didn't want to be wrong um but, you know, whatever. And, yeah, unfortunately, like, they didn't do jack shit with the A-Squad. And I wish they had done more with that. Yeah, like, what you said is, like, that definitely feels like they could have done a little bit more. Oh, we're finally on our honorable mentions, because there was a lot of characters this season. Uh, Nova Ranger we put in the honorable mentions because she just shows up at the end and leaves. Yeah, because it's just like, okay, cool, there's another future, like, far-off future ranger... Who is she and what does she do? Just no uh, Sam. That's it. Yeah, you don't even get her name. I think. Yeah, I think I, I saw her name on the Ranger Wiki, but like they they certainly don't say it in the series, and they just call her Nova. I did like her design a lot. Um, I just wish we got more to understand who the hell she was. Yeah, she just shows up at the end. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> um, and then of course we have Commander Birdie, who's like the he's the head honcho of SPD um creepy teeth yeah i mean besides being a jackass he has creepy teeth um just like as soon as i realized he had teeth behind the beak i was like no no i hate it i hate it so much he's like a a goose yeah it's like yeah teeth 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 (laughs) teeth um we have omni who was the actual chess master and villain but we don't find out about until, like, three episodes towards the end or something. And he turns into a rock monster and dies. Yeah, so, you know, good job with that. So, yeah, they really don't do anything with him. Then we said, um, Sophie. Uh, she, she, she was kind of, like, uh, a crux of an episode. Um, where you, basically it was, um... Don't judge a book by its cover or or, stuff like that. Or in my case, you can't turn somebody in on circumstantial evidence, Sky. (laughs) Sky? Piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, And then Bridge was, like, the only one that was, like, empathetic. And it was like, oh, my God, you know, we should have just listened to her. 
Uh, but yeah, the robot girl only showed up like two episodes and I think maybe once at the end. That's it. Right. Sergeant Silverback, just because we're just like, oh my god, what the fuck, you're an orangutan, and you're called Sergeant Silverback. Yeah, and basically his whole thing is that he's basically, like, early Ermie in Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. But- But for kids. But for kids, yeah, so you can't, like, curse and use slurs. And and just tell Sky that he can suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm betting Sky could. Um, Drew, <laughs> since we did talk about Sky, because that, Drew was one episode. Right. Who cares? You know, who cares about Sky's boyfriend? Yeah. Uh, like, I was just like, yeah, your boyfriend is clearly evil, Sky. And then Rick, who was the dog that later, like, gets turned to a weapon and stuff. Yeah, I just. Rick was adorable. I love the weird little robot dog, and it just broke my brain when, like, they're like, okay, we're going to use him as our, like, our team blaster. It's like, like Rick, can, Rick can also Rick has a cooler can play fetch and can also function to blast your enemies. <laughs> Robo puppy mistreatment alert. Robo puppy mistreatment alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of it for our honorable mention characters. Yeah. Um so I guess kind of moving on to our odds and ends. And I guess we'll start in with um our big hot take. Yeah, you got I'm sure we're going to get some hate emails for this. We did not like the theme song of this season. Like, <laughs> that is our big fucking hot take. That I, I, it's like of all things to be a hot take about this season, it's the theme song. Yeah, like I feel like you know some people might be like, okay, well they didn't like like particular parts of the season. That's okay, but like when we mentioned online that we didn't like the theme song, some people came to the like not in a mean way, not in a mean way. But, like, some people are like, you know what? You don't like the theme song? How can you not like the theme song? Just, it's just, it's not good, guys. Because um, it's just, like, it felt like it was, yeah, it was very clearly Ron Wasserman. Um, which, honestly, I'm not a huge Ron Wasserman fan to begin with. Uh, but, like. You do not believe in the Wasserman factor. No, I do not. <laughs> um, but, and maybe it's just because I didn't watch the X-Men series as a kid. Uh I didn't like it. I think for for <laughs> me, the theme, it's, well, one, I've heard better Ron Wasserman joints, I feel, mm-hmm. that are, like, like, SPG just, like, the theme song just felt incoherent, and then, so it's, like, it's not bad, and it can be catchy, but it's not a very coherently, like, thing. It feels, it feels very rushed when they're singing and everything. Yeah. But what really gets me is that opening where it's just punching you in the face shouting SPD emergency. Yeah. And like, that was also the thing that was like, I didn't like the theme, but it kept like, and lazy, it kept getting stuck in my head. Yeah. I like the build after the punch in the face, though, that didn't, like, before, like, they actually start singing, like, that build. Yeah, that's a, that's a good part of it. Um, Yeah, I, I don't think it's as good as the original Mighty Morphin theme, though. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not as catchy in a good way that you think it is. Yeah, and, like, it doesn't um, have, like, the iconic guitar riff or anything like that. Yeah, it just has a good kind of build, like, after that punch in the face that I didn't like, it's like, oh, okay, no. This seems pretty okay, you know, with that build of da 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 and then all of a sudden it just gets, like, Power Rangers, SPD, Power Rangers to the rescue, and I'm like, cool. Yeah, it's like, I just, it did not, 
it did like it's it did not just feel it just didn't feel as punchy, especially compared to last season with the Dino Thunder theme. Oh yeah, it's like when you compare it to like the really good Dino Thunder theme. Yeah, and even like I would like I even kind of enjoyed the um the Ninja Storm theme too. So like yeah, even though like the Ninja Storm theme is like switch foot light. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, and there are, I will say, there are worse themes to come. I'm very neutral, but I definitely, like, looking back, I'm like, nah, this seems not good. Yeah, it's just, I'm sorry, guys. It is, like, we just did not enjoy the theme song this season. I think this is the first time we actually skipped through the theme song on our own accord instead of Netflix doing it. Yeah, because it's like, we liked, we even liked the Turbo theme, you know? Yeah, the Turbo theme was great. Yeah, even if Turbo sucked. It's like, like, you listen to the Turbo theme, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're gonna get into it this time with this great episode, and you're like, wow, the, the theme song built up my expectations too high. Yeah, every time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess kind of moving on from there is that, yeah, it definitely felt like uh, the Doggy Kruger with the animatronic suit uh, got all of the special effects makeup budget. Yeah, because it's very well, especially for Power Rangers. Yeah, like, like it. Uh, it's very. It's a very well done like animatronics. Like, because I know it's like not the it suit's not entirely animatronic because they still had like John Tui inside the suit, but like the way the mouth moved actually like was convincing. Yeah, it's like you, you like. A lot of the, like, some of the costume and aliens, like, they did a really good job in immersing you on these were aliens on, like, before on Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, hey, why does Andros look human? Because, why not? Yeah. We're just gonna give him streaks in his hair, and that's his alien hair. Don't worry about it. Yeah. M- Maya's just gonna go around barefoot in Lost Galaxy. That's why she's an alien. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, they actually, like, Piggy's makeup. Like, there was others that had good makeup, like, Piggy's makeup. Like, anytime there was, like, somebody that was going to be a reoccurring character, they put time and effort into their makeup and stuff. But, like, people who weren't, um, that doctor, who oh, just looked like he was just going to go into a Cats production afterwards. Yeah, it's like when you gotta, like, treat SPD at three, but you have a, a matinee of Cats at four. Yeah. <laughs> Oh they, god, it was just They that. just definitely put like a cat prosthetic on him and just painted his face. Yeah. And yeah. or um <laughs> or like Bert like some like like you had kind of uh sometimes the aliens that would show up, like they would barely have like mouths that would move or anything, but they would talk to each other and you'd be like, What? Yeah. Now some of that was because they were importing the Sentai suits. Right. But and then like Asinia like like again, poor Asinia, like I think she had a little bit of movement with her eyes, but they just did not give the same, like, animatronics that they did to, like, Kruger's mouth that they did to hers. Yeah, so it's just, like, her mouth barely moved. She looked, like, the face, what I don't think was, like, structured well, so it flopped around. Right. It just looked bad, and I'm like, oh my god. Also, like, I just, because we didn't note this earlier, I did love in the, kind of going back to Isenia for a second, I did lose my mind in the finale when, like, she kind of just got yeeted over the side to kind of go back to safety. Yeah, just, Kruger just grab, like, goes over the rail to grab her, then he grabs, like, Grom, I think, and then he, like, to pull Grom down to hell... And just eats the city. <laughs> like it's a seesaw or something. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm like, I, that's not how any of this works, but cool. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Power Rangers. <laughs> um, I guess kind of also moving on. So we keep talking about how the season's about cops. Like, kind of similar to, like, Time Force in that regard. But, like... I, it's just one of those, like, I've gotten a little bit more sensitive to when copaganda shows up. I think a lot of it just has to do with, one, recognizing it, and two, I've just watched so much Forensic Files. Right. <laughs> and and Law and & Order. You're right. Um, so, like, the only cop I show I watch is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so, like... Yeah. So it's like, I can tell when it's kind of being, like, trust cops, but it's it's definitely... It's not the worst I've seen. Yeah. Um, I just laughed at the bank robber episode because it's like, well, because it's it's funny. They, they built up kind of these quirks things like, oh, what's Bridge doing? I'm like, this is like, according to forensic files, this is shit police actually do. Right. <laughs> to trick you into giving your evidence away. So I'm just like. Like I'm just remembering the 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 shut the fuck up Friday script of like all like she just had to go like I'm not discussing my business uh, are you detaining me am I free to go really all of the three things she should have said to Bridge right left him alone and just like she wouldn't have gotten caught right no she just was like whatever I'll do anything to placate this weirdo right and then kind of going on to is that. We do have upgrades for, like, the team that's not just the battleizer for Jack slash Sky, but we also have the SWAT mode. Um, they use the SWAT mode, I feel like, more. Yeah, like, the SWAT mode, like, made sense definitely as, like, a, an upgrade. Yeah. Um, even though, like, it, it looked a little clunky to me sometimes, but not as bad as the battleizer. Oh, God. Okay, so the Battleizer is kind of a two-phase Battleizer, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like last season with the weird extendo arms that didn't break my brain like that, but, like, I was just like, okay, the Battleizer does not look that bad. I don't know why it has a cod piece, but okay. And then, <laughs> then it morphed into, like, the weird, like, siren. I think using Rick? Yeah, I think it did involve Rick. This is like, Why? Yeah, but then they only used it for, like, two episodes. They used it a bit more than that, but it was just barely there, like most Battleizers. Yeah, honestly. Um, but, like, you know, at least it felt like when we got introduced to the Battleizers in, um... Well, we're not gonna count, like, Lost Galaxy or Time Force or anything like that, because they didn't really use their Battleizers too much. But, like... Also, huh? I was also saying, like, the Battleizers were also something that would come up at the very, very end of the season. Right, but again, I just feel like this one got used less in comparison to, like, Dino Thunder and Ninja Storm. Oh, yeah, no, that definitely got used less, I mm -hmm. felt like, too. Again, I think it just was like, oh, crap, we'd have to use this Battleizer more. Whereas, like, the others, because they were more at the end of their seasons, it, it made sense that they weren't used as often. And often they were used to kind of, like deal with the big scale monsters they were fighting right um whereas like you know you had swap mode with that uh, spd so okay it's there yeah it's, it's like so therefore the battleizer felt kind of redundant honestly yeah and the swap mode i i believe swap mode's actually in decker ranger yeah and i think that's also what every the few times like upgrades and stuff come from like the Sentai, I feel it always looks stylistically better. Right. 
And I, I think that just more personally comes, it's like, they're already designing it with the suits in mind and everything. Whereas, like, over here, it's like, okay, what do we, what can we put over it? Because the suit designs are already done. Right. Um, I did get a note here from uh, one of our Twitter followers, Griffman, where they actually did end up using the SPD Battleizer in the uh, Deki, uh, the Magi Ranger versus Deca Ranger movie. Huh. Which apparently had just never been done before. They've never used an American Battleizer in one of the Sentai movies. So that's, that's fucking rad. That's interesting. And I, I, I retweeted it on Twitter and we'll put it in the show notes if you guys um, want to see it that way. Uh, but yeah um so yeah i guess battleizers this season just weren't used as much so one of our favorite episodes moving on to kind of talking about episode stuff is the what we called the rashomon episode that's not how i remembered it (laughs) so i believe it was called perspective and um so you kind of got to see it so basically it was played out like the rangers are being debriefed on a mission and they each have their own perspective on what happened. Yeah, basically uh the cameras that were at the facility mm-hmm. knocked out and they didn't they weren't able to have like a backup of what happened on that mission. Mm-hmm. So each of them gave a perspective for the official report until the camera was operational. Yeah, and so like you kind of it's a really fun episode cuz it repeats the footage over and over again obviously. But then, like, you kind of get to see how the Rangers see themselves as well as how they see the other members of their team. Yeah. Poor, poor uh, Sid. Poor Bridge, yeah. honestly. <laughs> but poor both of them. Because, like, Sid, everyone kind of just thinks is, like, incompetent. So when they finally get to her, it's like, wow, Sid's the best ever. <laughs> yeah, because she was the last one to give her statement. At that point, she was just like, fuck all y'all. <laughs> fuck all y'all. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, Br- Bridge, like, everyone, like, Bridge, his whole thing was like, I can count Crybots, because that was one of the constant things, was Bridge couldn't keep the count of how many Crybots he got. Right. Including in his own flashback. <laughs> so Bridges was about, like, oh, man, look how many Crybots he slaughtered. <laughs> and that just kept, I-, I love the fact that that was the one constant. <laughs> it was yeah. so funny uh, uh, like Sid's speech at the end of uh, and as for you you one eye green eye monster or something like those were the two constants was Sid's speech at the end and like just Bridge couldn't count the crybots right <laughs> but uh, yeah just kind of more or less like who thinks of like who thinks highly of who I guess or what people think of the others I think um, uh, and, like, they also have, like, different, um, uh, like, music going on in the background, so I-, I forget who had, like, the more western theme. Mm-hmm. I think it was Sky. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know, like, Bridge had a Nor theme. Uh, Z had, like, a Zel- like, a, a Zoro theme. <laughs> yeah, I did- I did love the fact that everybody, they all had different themes, like, in theirs. It was, yeah. it was a nice touch. It was a very nice touch. Uh, my, my opinion is, uh, I'm not saying, I, like, I do bring up they were friends, but I do think Bridge has a bit of a crush on Sid. Yeah. Just kind of cute. It's kind of cute. Um, and, uh, the, the, 
we got to talk about the judgment mode thing. <laughs> oh yeah, like it's a, the judgment mode is a weird like bit to begin with, but like with the judgment scanner, I kept expecting it to be like <laughs> like that scene from The Simpsons. I think it was from the Who Shot Mr. Burns episodes where like they take Mo's statement with the um with the lie detector. <laughs> And he keeps like a hot day tonight. (laughs) A date. Um, dinner, dinner with a friend, dinner alone. (laughs) Okay, fine. I'm ogling ladies in the Victoria's Secret catalog. (laughs) Sears catalog. Sears catalog. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just imagining, like, like I just kept imagining somebody holding up their like scanner and like somebody just lying like that. Judgment mode. Just keep going. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) Ding. I don't deserve to be treated like this. <laughs> um, oh, God. So I, I failed to look this up because I'm great. Uh, but I felt like the the, cont- the containment card was definitely American. Yeah. Because um, you said that, like, they kept, they would just straight up, like, blow them up in, um, in Decoranger. That is, like, the thing I remember from, like, the few episodes in Decoranger I watched was, mm-hmm. uh... Bond was gay as shit. Uh, there was a fursuit, and they just blew up the guys at the end. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Cool. That's a little worse. Um, so they're like, we can't just have like the cops blowing up suspects, so we'll just we'll just have them in a containment card. Which I guess makes more sense, um, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, a little better than just straight up killing your suspects. Oh, God. Uh, imagine if that was going on and we were watching it, like, watching it. Uh, that would, that's one of those things that would have not aged particularly very well. Oh, no, so I guess the, the containment tards work better. Um, yeah. Uh, so there is kind of, there is a crossover this season, but it's kind of, it's okay. The crossover this season between like this between spd and dino thunder is really weird um because it's kind of a two-parter but it's two separate stories that take place about like five to ten episodes away from each other and they also have been at two separate timelines within the like dino thunder right because the first one took place after connor ethan and kira were grad they graduated maybe like a year or two after i think Mm mm-hmm it was, it was implied they're going to their high school like reunion, uh, maybe like five year reunion. It may have been one year knowing Power Rangers, yeah. But you know, oh hey, we're the class of two thousand four and all that, and you know, catching up with each other. Like you know, Kira's just making jingles in New York, and Ethan's trying to figure out how to do the soccer camps, and no, it's not Ethan Connor, and then Ethan is like, oh man, I'm still like working through grad school or something mm-hmm. and then they, they like a, a wormhole or something like zaps them in the future thank god they don't call them time holes anymore oh god yeah time because I, <laughs> I think like time hole punch your hand fist your f- hand through the time hole <laughs> so it was like it was a villain or something grabbed the dino gems and recharged them and it mm-hmm. brought them to the future and they end up meeting the rangers and all that and going through like, oh, hey, you know, we can handle ourselves. It's not like we can't. We were power rangers and we have our powers back. Right. And and that kind of whole thing going on with that. And at the end, you know, you find out that like 
Kira hit like becomes a big pop star, and Ethan's soccer camps really take off. No, Connor's soccer camps really take <laughs> off, and Ethan's like this big shot tech tech guy. And then they but use they all have memories of race, and they go back. Yeah, and then they like they even use they even say he they use his tech uh uh in within SPD. So like, you know, he becomes ubiquitous in that regard. Yeah, so it's like, and then they they race the Dino. Uh, Almost a charge. Uh, Dino Thunder Rangers memories, and then mm-hmm. send them back. And then they come later, and this time Trent's around, but like it's definitely within the season of Dino Thunder itself. Mm-hmm. Like uh, somebody kind of put it, it's in between uh, the Passion of Connor and House of Cards, so it's definitely before like the big finale starts happening mm-hmm. um, with the show, but it's. Also, right after Connor gets the battleizer, right. So, uh, you know, and they're just chilling at school. I think uh, Ethan's playing on like they had to make a handheld game, but it wasn't a Game Boy or anything, so they couldn't get sued. Right. So it was like this PS One controller or something <laughs> <laughs> with like a screen on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was like okay. <laughs> Yeah, they were, like, shooting the breeze, and then, like, Grum, like, travels back in time because he wants to take over the Earth in 2004. So, you know, the Rangers go back in time, and they're like, oh, and they just kind of greet them, and are like, well, how come they don't remember us? It's like, oh, remember we wiped their memories, and I'm going to the back of my head. It's like, you also visited them in, like, a, f- a future setting. This is not the setting you originally met these people in. Yeah. Like, that's like... So, you know... <laughs> so, yeah, it's just kind of like... You, you meet up and, and like... Tom... Jason David Break, David Frank being Sir not appearing in his crossover just cracked us up. Yeah, because especially they didn't even use the same voice. Yeah, they, they would get, like, some of samples they could get from JDF's, like, previous stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, we couldn't just fly him to New Zealand. And I'm like... Or you could have had him in a recording booth? Like, this is weird. Yeah, that was very strange. Um, so they had, yeah, they had, like, um, Trent's actor, Jeffrey, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could be wrong, I'm sorry, but Trent's actor, I know, did dub over his lines. Which is so funny. <laughs> um, and that's how we also found out when Bridges, like, year, like, around what year he's born, because he was like, oh, man, I'm about to be born. <laughs> I could go back in time and, like, become my best friend. But what if what if I don't like myself? Oh. He did say that. Yeah. And then Kruger races everyone's memories. Including himself. <laughs> I was almost worried he scrambled his brain too hard. I don't understand why he erased everyone's memory of going back in time, including SPDs. I get for, like, you know... Connor like the the Dino Thunder Rangers, because like knowing the future can cause really horrible implications sometimes with time paradoxes. Right. But like the fact that you just raced everyone's memory is this where Time Force got the protocol to erase everyone's memory after time traveling? Maybe. I just I guess it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like why I just I I'm sure he explained it, but I just didn't catch it or my brain didn't process it. Yeah, it just they just like, no, you just can't have the memories here. Racing my own. And it's like, you could just have a facility when you got back to erase those memories, too. You didn't have to do it right then and there. Yeah. 
It's but just... when we even have the, the funny moment where Doggy turns it on himself and says, Say cheese! Yeah, it's like, oh, what was I doing? <laughs> yeah, it's like, why am I here in this high school? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so another thing that we were just like, why does the show keep doing this? Uh, there's an episode that you know it was the second Armageddon episode. <laughs> the second time they had to blow up an asteroid. <laughs> yeah, so it was this later episode, but they kept using the phrase double team. <laughs> <laughs> They've also used penetrate, but not as much as they did double team that episode. Yeah, I'm just like, it's not a good enough reason to use the phrase double team. <laughs> We just kept cackling every time they, it's like, oh, we got to double team the asteroid. It's like, whoa, calm oh, down there. Like, okay, I mean, okay, I didn't think it was that kind of show. We're going to double team this villain in the, uh, in the simulation. It's like, okay, definitely not a good enough reason to use double team in that case. <laughs> it's just like, guys, do you, do you know what that means? It's like, please, just think for a second. Oh, God. I will, it's not even, like, in the defense of penetrate, where it's just a bad, like, a weird-sounding word to have around. Right. Like, penetrate. Like, ugh. Huh. No, it's like, no, it's just a silly phrase. We're gonna double-team it. Like, no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> and I guess, touching back on the whole Drew thing, I just, they had bracelets. Oh, yeah, that was, that made it so gay. <laughs> Oh, like this is what, and I just love that. Of Sky was like, "Well, I guess you never had a best friend, Jack." And I'm like, "You work with Jack's best friend. I think you meant you never had a boyfriend, Jack." Yeah, like what the fuck, man? Um, yeah, because it's like, what else can you really say about that? Because especially like his his boyfriend Drew, like his whole thing is like he was motivated by money to turn evil. It's like, yeah, another corrupt cop situation. Yeah, it's just like, uh, okay, like, what is it like in the future where, like, these, like, cops are so easily corrupted by money, besides the fact that they're cops? I mean, especially since it's like, you all, it's obvious you all live there, like, they take care of you. Right. Like, you, you are, like, you have replicate, like, looks like replicators to get food, or your own toasters and stuff. You're taken care of, and, you know, almost sounds like you don't have to worry about money, so, okay. Yeah. Also could have tied back to the A-Squad of, like, oh, well, you know, one person was corrupted by power and money. Yeah. Like, that was, hmm. like, I don't, yeah, I don't get, like, they, they had these disconnected bits about, like, easy, be, like, these people being easily corrupted by power and money, so, like, why not follow up on that? No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, this is where we're getting to our verdict, which, um, this is, this is kind of complicated, uh, weirdly, and I'm gonna let Ashley go f first on that. Yeah, um, I should start with the fact, I didn't hate this season. I mean, I found the main ensemble to be some of the strongest characters we've had in the series so far, and had a lot of elements that I loved from Lightspeed Rescue, which is one of my favorite Ranger seasons we've covered on the show so far. But I didn't love it and it wasn't even the fact it was about space cops the overall story and villains were kind of weak and i hated the decision to shift so much of the main character position onto sky who just doesn't really have any growth or likable personality i think my main disappointment just comes down to wishing they had done more with it but it's far from the worst we've watched for this show and i agree 100 percent on with ashley on this matter 
But it's not where I find, like, this gets complicated with the verdict in talking about the consensus. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's because of the whole thing of, like, this was one of my top favorite seasons. And I've rewatched this way. I've watched every season about at least more than once, but this once but this one would be like a yearly watch thing for me i would definitely make time to rewatch spd mm-hmm. and rewatching. and over the years i've fallen out of watching power rangers and i haven't touched this in about like five years or so and i it's like i remember loving the characters so much and that's that's still there i still love them but i realize watching it now like and the changes my life has gone through have gone through and also, putting it in a bit under a, a microscope to talk about it, I feel like the show just fallen from grace with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd still say go watch it. It's definitely worth it. Um, and I don't think it's terrible. Again, the cast is great. They definitely make for up for a lot of the kind of the weird dodgy writing at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just doesn't hit the same with me anymore. Uh, I'm a different person now with slightly different tastes, so uh, the season just fell flat uh, story-wise. And the the villains were just kind of like like we said boring, uh, and focusing on a white cis boy asshole who never changes. It just it didn't hit the same. Bridge is still like one of my top favorite characters though. Oh yeah, he's great. All right, so that ends uh, our our podcast this month. We'd like to thank Kate Nix who uh, composed our theme song. You can find her on Twitter at the Goblin Mother. And you can also find her on katenix.com, where you can find her Bandcamp, Bandcamp. merch, Bandcamp, uh, merch and uh, streaming. As of the publishing of this podcast, uh, her streaming show, Lullaby Lounge, is streaming, will be returning as a streaming show on Tuesday, August 17th at 8 p.m. As of a few days ago, she announced that she will be releasing the Lullaby Lounge in podcast form every Monday. So you can check out more on that again at katenext.com or, again, at The Goblin Mother. I'd like to thank Joe Hunter for the art. Uh, you can find him at Twitter at Joe underscore Hunter. That is also his Patreon. He has a Threadless where he, he sells some really nice t-shirt designs. JoeHunter.Threadless, as well as his Instagram, JoeBloodyHunter. Uh, he's currently doing a comic, uh, Beast Heart Strikers with Land Pitts. And uh, he recently uh, was able to uh, do a backup uh, on Radiant Black issue number four, if you want to go check that out. Really good. Uh, we want to thank Kurt Yoder for the editing. Uh, you can find him at Great SG Creations uh, on Etsy for Perler Art, uh, as well as Great SG Pixels on Twitter, if you want to check out more of his Perler Art and everything. Um, our wrestler of the podcast, um, The Fallen Angel, but might as well be the Velvet Thunder of AEW, Christopher Daniels. Uh, he is my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, if I've brought him up before countless of times, and you've probably listened to me talk about him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like he's going to hang up his boots um, while still remaining as a present uh, as a presence as a personality and head of talent relations at AEW. Um, so you can find his uh, old matches around. Uh, a good place to start would probably be Tiger Drivers Christopher Daniels playlist they did for Christmas. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at FAC Daniels and his pro wrestling tees under Christopher Daniels or SCU. And now we're to find us. So what's up, Ashley? 
As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under the username at MissKittyF. I know I should probably change that at some point, but I'm lazy. Um, and then uh, my Twitter always has a link to my link tree, which uh, is where you can find my uh, my shop for my physical goods. So tote bags, masks, comics, ashley-leckwell.square.site. Uh, you can also find my digital comics on Itch.io uh, Itch and uh, Gumroad. I would prefer if you used Itch.io because, you know, fuck <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that on the podcast. We will get served so quickly. <laughs> uh, you know, beep, beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you can always find my works there. And yeah, give me a follow. Come say hi. You know, all that fun stuff. Buy some masks. Uh, you can find me, uh, my cat's Instagram at witchcraftingcats. I also have an Instagram and a new Twitter handle. New, new Twitter handle is just more of, like, I just kind of want a uh, place to more advertise who I am. I still have the other one. It's just more private now. Uh, and that is uh, Velociriker. Uh, I also have a uh, soap and candle sorts, mainly candles. There's uh, two Power Rangers inspired candles and, like, a wrestling one and another wrestling one coming up soon. It's Coda's Magical Crafts, which is coda-magical-crafts.square.site is the website for it. And then you can follow it on Coda's Crafts on Twitter or Patreon. We are also on Twitter, uh, Instagram, at Rangersplain. You can find us on where most podcasts are with that Rangersplain if you want to give us uh, likes and reviews. That helps the algorithm. Yes, help us. Help us defeat the algorithm. <laughs> Help us to rate the algorithm and give us, uh, you know, nice, you know, nice reviews and stuff like that uh, on any podcast platform. Uh, we also we have our WordPress at rangersplain.wordpress.com, and we also finally have up our range our Patreon at Rangersplain. So we're we're trying to get that really going, and we're we're doing pretty well on that. We got some notes uh, posted. Uh, some stuff ready to, to post on that and all that jazz. So join that. We even have a Sticker of the Month Club. No one's joined yet, but please please do. The Sticker of the Month Club seems cool. Yes. I even have stickers ready for our first Sticker of the Month Club whenever we get people to join. Yeah. Yeah. Please. please. We, we Ashley's been holding on to that uh, uh, the, that Illuminati confirmed one yeah, for ages. Yeah. It's been over a year. Please join the Sticker Club so I can give these away. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's all for this month. Next month, it's going back into the comics and a little into the future of SPD with Soul of the Dragon. Tommy returns. Oh, goody. All right, everyone. Remember to stay safe. Keep wearing a mask, even if you are vaccinated. Remember that you can criticize the Israeli government without being anti-Semitic. And also free Palestine. And may the power protect you. Go. Just play.